be better. You have to accept these realities. And that's what I preach about in my book. Acknowledge reality. Accept reality. That's how you improve. That's how you can adapt. And that's how you evolve into a different human. That's how you evolve, evolve into a better person. If you aren't willing to accept what is true, then you cannot prepare for what you don't understand. Welcome to Harley Initiated, where real men talk real shit, and we are locked in today. God damn it, I'm feeling good, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just feeling good, man. It's one of those Sunday. days, man. It's one of those days. It's Sunday. We got uh, some some major hype, some virality coming with this shit. We got some, some major. This yeah. shit gonna go. It's everything has been going for us. And the thing, the crazy shit is, and, and like most people think that we had just went viral. Like we've been going viral. Like, we already were growing at 300 subscribers a day on YouTube. You know what I mean? So the virality was just kind of like icing on the cake. I mean, we going, man. And, and see, and, and the thing about it is, guys, it's, it's the content, it's the quality of what we're talking about because the world needs to hear the shit that we're speaking, especially what we're speaking today. And I'm, I'm just in a different kind of vibe today. I'm on my <laughs> leather jacket wearing black scully rocking limousine driving. Yeah. Woo! God damn it. We're going to be on that shit. We got a champion of the motherfucking people today. Champion of the men. And uh, he's he's going to come. He's going to come out. Tarshan, you got to give him the fucking the, the best fucking righteous introduction. Let me tell you, because right now what we're going to do, I'm, I'm working hard, guys, to make sure that we can get this young brother up here as an I want this brother as a recurring guest absolutely, because he absolutely. is an expert in what he's going to be speaking today. Trust, I don't bring, I, I qualify the guests that we have coming up on the stage, on the platform, and today I got an expert for you. We're talking about a behavioral scientist, guys. Okay, a, a certified relationship <laughs> coach is about to be here talking that shit here with us. We got your boy Q Peel on the platform. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. Let's go. Let's get it, hey, man. Kendra, you, hey, you a cool-ass dude, man, but you you got some experience with this, this viral shit. You've you been going viral for a minute since, like, 2019, I believe. Since 2019, from when I first appeared on The Shade room as one of them thirsty thursday zaddies of the day which <laughs> sent like five thousand bitches to my dm i'm talking about that whole week my dm was flooded verified checks everything then next you know i went viral on twitter i responded to i had a tweet about the um aunt jemima syrup when they took the aunt jemima off the syrup and i was saying that's not going to solve racism and the only issue that i really have with that is that's my favorite syrup and i'm not going to be able to enjoy my fucking pancakes the way that i used to <laughs> my and then i had a, another celebrity respond to that and that took off that went viral so i racked up like 5k followers in 24 hours on twitter off that alone and then fast forward again you go to the spiritual word my my famous don't argue with women video mm. that has accrued over 2 million views across platforms so far with uh brothers like uh, I want to say um, YouTube gurus, dating gurus and stuff with like over 300K that have been responding to my video. And, you know, it's been good. The virality has been Hold good. Hold on, I want you to talk about that one. Wait, don't argue with women. What was, kind of give me, what was that about though? Why, why, why should you not argue with women? Break that down. You shouldn't, you shouldn't argue with women because at the end of the day, women's feelings are, it's based on their feelings. They, their, their perception of the world is based on their feelings. I said in the video, I said they don't see facts. They see good, bad fair, unfair, they see um, what should and what shouldn't be. And I said, 
they don't they don't reason with their emotion. I mean, they don't reason with facts. So if you tell a woman two plus two is four and she don't like you or four, you just became a bigot, a homophobic, transphobic. You hate your mom. Mm. You you know what I'm saying? And then I said they don't argue to solve problems. They don't argue to understand. They don't argue to, to for the greater good. They want you to know how they feel and they want you to validate how they feel. That's just the reality of it. And anytime you listen to a woman talk, you tell them something, the first thing that come out of their mouth, that's mean, that's rude, that's not fair. You know what I'm saying? It's the bottom line. It's like, bitch, I'm speaking a fact. Who cares if it's mean, rude, or unfair? It's a fact. And if you don't like the fact that it's a fact, then we can't proceed because in order to solve a problem, we have to establish what the fact is. So if we can't establish what the fact is, a problem doesn't get solved. And you and I are just going to be serial arguers. And that's a concept in relationships where you continuously argue about the same thing over and over and over and over to the point where you just be like, man, I'm exhausted. I can't do this no more because we never find any common ground. God damn. Hey, let me take. Hey, that's a fucking mouthful. Slayer. And that's some real shit because that's coming from one of, one of the original zaddies. <laughs> First of all, yeah. I, I do not ever call this man a zaddy. We about to go viral on that shit. They about to, they about to clip that shit and we about to be all over hey, for the wrong gonna, shit right that, now. That's going to be part of one of the diss tracks. But fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> now, the, the, the thing is, man, you, you know, you're talking a lot of shit and we just, we just really kicked off the conversation. But I want people to really understand where you're coming from because you just not no average dude out here just saying a bunch of shit. Shit based on his experience, you actually study this shit and have this shit down to scientific, you know, uh, fact based shit. You know what I mean? Evidence based so shit. Evidence based yeah. shit. So I want to go into that. Like, what, what's your what's your background? Uh, my background is uh, I have a BS in psychology. I've even studied at the master's level, but I didn't complete it. Mm-hmm. But I, I do have a BS in psychology. Um, I love mate selection. I love mate selection attraction. And gender differences because we live in this society where they're trying to push these egalitarian narratives that men and women are equal. And in order to understand men and women and to understand relationships, you have to understand the differences between men and women down to the neurophysiology of the brain, which we have different uh, neurophenomenological processes that we exhibit as men and as women. Like women are more prone to fear. You know, men go towards a, a threat. You know what I'm saying? So, and then we have testosterone. Testosterone is is the facilitator in sex drive and in our proclivity for dominance and things like that. So these differences create the behavioral differences that you see between men and women. So to act like men and women are the same when we don't have the same amount of testosterone, we don't perceive the world the same, we don't love the world, we don't love the same, we don't express ourselves the same, we don't react to the same stimuli the same. In order to understand these things, we have to acknowledge that these are the realities that between men and women that have to be acknowledged and they have to be accepted we can't continue to act like you know men and women we men can be women women can be men no it's a lot there that 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 just makes us distinct we're we're two separate sexes for a reason you know what i'm saying Mm. now see the thing about it is i don't really see the eastern world doing that like you know you got it's some strong ass men over there in china it's some strong ass men over there in the middle east some strong ass men over there in russia it's some strong ass men over there in africa i think this is like a western thing that's taking place why do you think that's happening because it's trying like i said they're trying to create a a utopia that's what we're trying to do we're trying to create the perfect society and you can't create the perfect society we want a society where there's an equality of outcome between groups 
We want a society where no, where everyone's a winner. Everyone can win. Everyone gets a consolation prize. Everyone is 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 uh, gets a participation trophy. And we want we don't want people to feel like they're incompetent. We don't want people to feel like fa- failures or losers. And what you get with that is saying, oh, that person feels hurt. They're upset that they lost. Let's go console them and make them feel better and tell them that they're a winner too. Here's a consolation prize for your efforts. No, it don't work like that because as you can see now, what we're doing is we're placing feelings over facts. And when you place feelings over facts, you run into a society who becomes entitled and they believe that they aren't supposed to experience the realities that they don't like. So it's like when we talk about things like sociology and even a lot of psychologists and especially female psychologists, I really don't like female psychologists because they bring their female values into a field of objectivity Mm. and it becomes watered down. They try to push the same narratives that, and, 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 and it's true because male psychologists, even though we're the minority of that, that, academic that group so there are more women than men in oh, psychology yeah, yeah yeah there are way more women in the field of psychology than men but men are the most cited mm. and is, is hey, it because hey. of their objectivity it's because of their objectivity it's because of our analytic uh, our analytical thinking it's because of our logicality it's that simple man wow. it's, it's, it's crazy and, and listening to you man you speak with so much conviction but even though you speak with so much conviction, I don't get a sense of e- there's any emotion in your communication. Like you seem to have this very like step back and let me look for things as, as how they really that, are. That's how I approach it. I, I, I compartmentalize my personal values. I compartmentalize my morality and I just look at it for what it is because that's the best way you deal with reality. It's like being in the wild. You know, you go in the wild. We don't think it's fair that, you know, the baby antelope gets killed by the cheetah. That, that hurts people's feelings. It's like, oh, that's not fair. You know what I'm saying? But that's the repugnant reality that is nature. That's what we have to accept. So it's like me going, I sit back and I observe humans and I just want to understand why we do what we do. And my goal is to simply highlight these things and speak on it. I'm not looking to be a leader. I'm not looking to be, you know, someone who's responsible for people's feelings. I'm not to be the voice of the people, nothing like that. If you want to come learn something, Come follow me. You'll figure shit out. I'll teach you some shit. It's that simple. If you don't, don't bring your ass to my page. Because that's another <laughs> thing people do. They come to my page bitching and complaining about what I said. And I'm like, you don't have to be here. Why would you subject yourself to something that you don't like continuously, right. repetitively, and try to tell me that I shouldn't talk about it? Nah, how about you get the fuck out my comment section? How about you stop bitching? You know, the thing about it, we, we reference all the time that you have to look at nature to really understand how things are. <clears throat> but I think the way our, our lens is so, like, destroyed right now, it's because we, but it's so distorted with, with how we see the world, literally, if our society, Western society specifically, if we look at a damn lion, right, a male lion jumping on a, a, a female impala, they'll, they'll literally be, oh, my God, that lion's a, a misogynistic. He's insecure. He, he could have went after the male. He's a misogynistic, insecure, weak lion. Because, but but that, that is nature. It's like, a, it's like a sense of nature that's going on into that. And, and I think that's a really good point. That was a very interesting fact, though, about the objectivity that men just tend to naturally have in their essence. In our essence, we have this uh, logic-based you know, objectivity and how we see the world. And let me ask you this. Do you think a woman has the ability to even possess that? I will say they are capable being objective. They're capable of it because we've seen examples of it. We've, mm-hmm. we, we've dealt with women who are able to accept reality for what it is. But the problem is that's not what they're taught. That's not what they learned growing up. They, they're daddy's little girls. You know what I'm saying? They're told that they're princesses. They have 
Disney movies uh, reinforcing this idea that, you know, they can find love and they can live a life of euphoria and bliss and happily ever after. Shit that's just simply not true. But what happens is it's instilled in them from such an early age that it becomes a part of their identity. They internalize it. And when they internalize it, it's it's a value that they take on without even being cognizant of that's where it stemmed from. And what when it's challenged, they experience this cognitive dissonance that puts them in a state of, oh my God, how could you say that? You're transphobic, you're misogynistic, you're sexist. And it's like, bitch, I'm being real. First of all, calm down. Mm. It's the truth. Why don't you step back with me, take a look, and you will see. But they have to want to see it. And, and it's interesting because what I, what I want to tell you guys is it's extremely difficult for the human mind to be rational like that when you have values. There's a, there's a concept called sacred values, and these are the values that we've been taught from in very, very early age. It becomes a part of our identity, like I said. So the part of the brain that the sacred values are held in this shut down when they're challenged when it comes to logicality, reason. So, like, the frontal lobe is the part that's responsible for judgment, reason, rationality, those, those concepts. So the sacred values, whenever they're challenged, that part shuts down. There's no logic at all. Man, you, you, you are the complete opposite of political correct and the thing and politically correct. And the things that you are saying are, are captivating. Like, I'm, I'm like, damn, this shit is blowing my mind right now. But I'm very curious. Like, how, I mean, how were you raised? Like, were you raised by robots or what? Like, how no, do you no, become no, no. This, this super stern, very objective and convicted person? I've always been a curious dude, you know, since I was little. It started with my interest in animals. And, and um, you know, I'm, my, my family is full of uh, uh, very virile men. You know what I'm saying? My grandfather, my uncle. I mean, them dudes are them dudes are some juggernauts when it comes to whatever you want to get down. We can get down when you want to you want to talk um, logic shit. We could talk logically. It's whatever. You know what I'm saying? I think I was raised balanced. I had my mom's love. You know what I'm saying? My mom gives me that love, that comfort, that support, and she still to this day gives me that love and that comfort and support. And even though I didn't have my father personally in my life, my grandparents, my grandfather, and my uncles, they took up that position. So they taught me how to be a man. They taught me how to not be bothered by emotional stimuli. They taught me how to think more than feel, how to respond rather than react. They taught me these things. And so combine that balanced upbringing with my thirst for knowledge and my thirst for science and my love for animals and my passion for human behavior and you got what you got now somebody who can just speak the real I don't like political correctness I just tell you how it is I sit back I observe I assess I analyze and then I give you a conclusion bonafide slayer right so here, hold man. on wait I, I mean the, the real Damn. of it is I can imagine that this has an effect in your relations with women because you know, like you said, your mom gave you some love, you know, your pops gave you some real, right? Um, so so let, me, let me ask you this. Do you feel like as men, it's important for us, because I do believe, let's, let's talk spiritually, and this is going to be hard for him, because my man, spiritual, I, I imagine that gets great. He's like, I can't do it. Ah, ah, ah. He's about to overload. See, I know it gets tricky, right? So, but, but, but here's the thing. When we think about what masculinity is, and, you know, femininity and, and, and the essence of it, it's a difference in that. It's a difference in what it comes with. Do you feel like as men, it's still important for us to possess some of those, like, those divine feminine traits, like the empathy, the intuition, the love? Like, how important is it for us to possess that? It is important. It's important in order to sustain a, a relationship long term. Because women do need that. They do need that level of comfort and security and that level of understanding that they feel that their man can understand them. And I put it, I, I think about it. If you're dealing with a woman 
and you're going to have kids, you're going to exhibit those same feminine qualities when you're caring for your kids. So if you're having kids with a, if you like the woman that you're having kids with, why wouldn't you have that same affinity and affection for her? Why wouldn't you be able to sometimes delegate, submit, concede with her as well? And that's why I say it's a healthy dynamic. See, and, and that's when we get into the red pill rage, be masculine 100% of the time. No, if you want a relationship to work and you want that woman to love you, want, you want that woman to respect you, you absolutely, you absolutely have to exhibit some feminine qualities. You have to be able to be empathetic. You have to be able to apologize. You have to be able to talk to her with a soft voice sometimes. These things are necessary in order to maintain a long-term relationship. Okay, so, so you mentioned something really, really huge. You mentioned red pill rage, but we want to dial it back a little bit. All the way. Because this is a concept, the red pill, blue pill concept is a concept that I really truly believe a lot of our audience are, are not even familiar. And we have not introduced it. We have, we have not introduced correct, correct. what the red pill and blue pill is. But guys, I want y'all to understand, and even ladies watching, because we got a lot of ladies we oh, realize yeah, yeah, that yeah, watch yeah, the yeah. show. 40% of our listeners are actually female right now. And, yeah. and listen, keep watching, ladies. Here's what I want y'all to understand. I want y'all to understand this is a this is a, it's a whole world of knowledge that's taught out there that I don't think you guys have been introduced to. And we got the perfect brother here that's about to break it down because I want y'all to understand what this is. And I feel like as men and women, we need to do a better job studying our counterparts. Like we, the, we need to study, study the nature us of and the opposite. Study the opposite. I mean, this is somebody we're talking about building a family and an empire with. Why right. would we not want to know the nature of this individual? And that's kind of a, what a, a good idea of what that red pill, blue pill study is, but I want you to give the definition of what the red pill and really just define the pills, man. Well, the red pill is simply being aware of the realities of how the world works, whether female nature, whether politics, it's understanding human nature, it's understanding our proclivity to be corrupt, our proclivity to be selfish, to want to wanna have things for ourselves. And basically, we as individuals put ourselves first. We're, e we're egocentric. So it's about money. It's about power. It's about respect. These things. And then when you talk about female nature, you talk about what they're sexually receptive to, why they're attracted to bad boys, why they, why they don't like nice guys. This is understanding the fundamental nature of human beings. That's what the red pill is. <clears throat> and the blue pill is simply living in ignorance. Mm. Ignorance is bliss. So you believe what you believe. You know, you have like astrology. You have a lot of the spiritual shit. You have a lot of the, you know, soulmates, the one. I can be whoever I want to be. I can become whatever I want to become. Things that reality hasn't punched you the fuck in the face unless you know, nah, it don't happen like that. For one, you got to work. You got to be held accountable. You gotta, you're not competent. You're not qualified. That's the blue pill is being ignorance to those realities. That's what the blue pill is. The red pill is being aware of how everything works. The most unsettling truths about nature. And I call them repugnant realities. That's what they are distasteful realities, things you don't want to accept about how the world works, how you work, how the world sees you, how you see yourself. These are the realities of it. That's what the red pill is. So do you have, is, is there any truth? Because I, I mean, even when you describe the blue pill, I'm not going to lie, I sound like some bias in there. Like you, sound like you was just shitting all it, on it what the blue like pill very, was. You very much disgusted with the realities of the with blue the, pill. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you, is there any truth in the blue pill? Or uh, anything that we should be trying to draw from that? Well, I mean, the spiritual element is always a good element to incorporate into your psyche regardless because it gives you that sense of morality. It gives you a moral compass. It gives you the ability to actually feel and to be human, essentially, because we also have to understand that having emotions is what makes us human. So you don't want to become a robot. And the red pill is so is basically 
calcul it's so calculated. It's about probability, predictability, that it's almost like you become a robot if you be engage in red pill rage. You overanalyze. You overgeneralize. So there has to be a little bit of blue pill still, even though you have that real pill perspective. You have to still incorporate some of that blue pill into your psyche because at the end of the day, like I said, we live in a world where being having some uh, feminine qualities, having some spirituality, it still serves a great purpose in terms of building and in terms of connecting interpersonal relationships, intrapersonal relationships. Those things are imperative, and that's why the blue pill still matters. I agree. You do have to have some level of balance, but I think people are so fearful of the of the red pill mindset because it really dehumanizes things because humanization is all about, you know, uh, having things be in this this very warped, you know, like warped world where things are fair. You know what I mean? But when you really look at things, they're not fair. They're not. And and people of and, you know, I know people may take this out of context, but out of all things, people are really the most expendable. Right. Yes. And when you and when you really consider that, it can be a scary thing. I mean, I'm talking about where women don't want to accept it. So they completely run away from it. Mm -hmm. And when men, and when it hits men, men, we when we hear this red pill shit, we acknowledge almost immediately that fuck. This is some of the realest shit I ever heard. And it hurts. Yeah. It hurts and it can be scarring to the point where you can never really see yourself getting involved with a woman on an intimate level because, you know, the facts of actual how human dynamics, animal dynamics work. So I'm very curious because I feel like and I'm just I'm, I'm curious about your clients. because you're, you're a coach. Mm -hmm. When your clients come to you, are most of them coming to you after being hurt in the relationship? Um, no, most of them actually come to me while they're in a relationship and they're trying to figure out where do they go next. Mm -hmm. So typically with women, it's women who are dealing with men who let them know up front that they aren't the type of men that are looking for a relationship currently. So these women are in situationships. They're with men who don't want to be committed to them, and then they're trying to figure out how to change his mind. And I have to let them know, no, he said what it was up front. You can't change his mind. Only he can change his mind. And they have an extremely difficult time coming to that realization, which is why they, they struggle so hard accepting the fact that, oh, you know, it was a sneaky link, but now I have feelings and I need him to like me the way that I like him. And it's like, no, he doesn't see you that way. You serve the purpose that you serve. You serve female companionship and you serve sex. That's it. He doesn't want a long-term monogamous commitment with you. So that's what typically my female clients come to me with, and I've noticed that. Like, Oh, wait, wait, so you, wait I don't want to interrupt you, but you coaching female clients, not male clients. I coach both. But, but Females come to you for coaching about red pill or, or your philosophy, the Q-pill content. They deal with men who, are, who would be Q-pilled. Damn. Yes. Wow. That's, that's interesting because if y'all watch it, and, and I would, that's what I want everybody to do. First of all, click subscribe. Subscribe to this channel because y'all getting this shit right now, and this is it's going crazy. No, so nobody's go, giving y'all this. this, this go type ahead of shit, yeah. and subscribe to this. But right after you do that, right after this episode, because uh -huh. watch this shit completely, y'all have to go watch my brother's content. Because first of all, when you watch it, it's gonna punch you in the face. It's inciting for sure. It's gonna punch you in the face because it's a, it's it's loaded with truth. And on top of that, women, it would I would think that women would be terrified. To hear this because it is like the opposite of their essence. It's so much rationale and reality all at once, compacted into like a 30 second to a minute fucking video that is almost really, uh, it's, I can imagine it'll be very hard to grasp. What kind of woman is able to like really settle in that reality and come to you? Like, like a woman who wants better for herself, a woman who actually, a, a woman who actually wants to understand. She wants to learn. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to see men as the enemy. She wants to learn how to work with a man. She wants to be a man's she wants to be a man's backbone. 
his support system. These are the women that I realize they, and I, and I do have a lot of women. There are a lot of women who tell me, look, you've changed my life. You've helped me. I didn't want to accept what you were saying at first, but now I understand you've opened my eyes and I greatly appreciate you for that. A lot of these women that do follow me, they follow me, they have learned, they understand that in order to be better, you have to accept these realities. And that's what I preach about in my book. Acknowledge reality, accept reality. That's how you improve. That's how you can adapt, and that's how you evolve into a different human. That's how you evolve, evolve into a better person. If you aren't willing to accept what is true, then you cannot prepare for what you don't understand. Let's hold on, wait, wait. Let's pull that yeah, shit that, all that, the way that, that was, back. Man, hey, this motherfucker we, is filled yo, with just how fucking fine. Let I me get a let me get an applause on this shit right now because <laughs> it's going crazy right now. Because people ain't never heard this shit. So let, let, let's 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 pull it back real quick. So first of all, you're a published author. Yes. So let, let's let's talk about your book real quick. So tell me tell me about the book. I want to know when it when it came out and you know what what actually inspired you to come out with this book. Um, the book came out June thirteenth, uh, June thirteenth, twenty twenty one. A bestseller, right? It was it was the number one best newcomer. It was the best uh, number one newcomer on Amazon.com. The Q pill, an overdose of reality, the remedy for a cold world. And what it was was I'm just sitting around thinking about how much this political correct error makes my balls itch like I can't stand people are constantly bitching and complaining about other people's opinions about what's being said about and it's like what do you have you you can you can change the outcome of shit why would you subject yourself to it why do you expect the world to conform to your way of thinking and essentially I just started jotting down shit that pisses me off highlighting realities and and the more people talk about politically correct bullshit the more it made me want to say Nah, fuck that. That's not the reality. I'm going to tell you what the reality is. So the reality was I broke down how nurture is a reflection of nature, how biased and distorted humans naturally are, how the human mind is a, is a complex system of cognitive mishaps. Mm. You know, we draw so many inferences and we take so many cognitive shortcuts. That's why biases are a thing, because we look for expedited inferences about phenomena that go on around us. And... What I did was I, I took the five um, components of the Q-pill. So it's a metaphor, the pill. It's a compound of cognitive components. So objectivity, um, accountability, introspection, metacognition, and stoicism. These are the five cognitive components that I believe humans should incorporate into their psyche in order to better understand the world. Men and, and women. Men and women. Okay. Men and women to better understand the world and to stop bitching and complaining when things don't work in their favor and learn how to play the hand that they're dealt to the most for the most effective and desirable outcome. Do you, think that that would, do you think that that would go about giving us a better society if we were able to adopt those you know, uh, five components? I, I, do, I do to a certain degree, and the reason I believe that is because it would eliminate a lot of the emotional reasoning that's currently plaguing society. I mean, this is why we have these transgenderism type uh, hate speech. You know, truth has become the new hate speech because anything that can soothe one's feelings or alter one's reality to help them feel better is detrimental to society because when push comes to shove and we end up in a situation like Ukraine and Russia, we need to be realists. And 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 that's the and that's the reality because what we have is like I said we're trying to create an egalitarian utopia because we don't have a whole bunch of first world problems go, or third world problems going on. So our problems here in America is somebody told you that women can't lift four hundred pounds. That's sexist, but it's true. How many women you know can lift four hundred pounds? 
These are our problems compared to worlds like Russia, worlds like the Middle East, who have real-world problems, which none of this shit would matter if we were one of these societies. So, the, so their mindsets have to be more rational for survival, where for we survival. are privileged. And this is deeply spoken about. We was talking about this yesterday. It's in the book, Strong Times Create Hard Men. And the actual full poem, poem all right, it goes, strong times, uh, strong, I'm sorry, strong men create strong, hard times hard create times strong create men, strong, strong men, men create, create good, good times, times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. And this is, it has so much truth in that, because when you're in good times, you're privileged. You have abundance. You forget, that, you forget that reality exists. You forget that reality exists because the hard times is really what shapes you as a man. The hard times really forces you into a mindset of logic and rationale so you can really rise above. And when you create this abundance, and a lot of times it can handicap you and actually make you weak. Which is why it's very difficult. We talk about this for wealth to transfer from generations because a lot of times a man who had to get it out the mud and had to come up in this environment and had to become rugged and get these traits to persevere, his children, he creates this abundance and they don't necessarily have that, those same skill sets and mindsets and they get weak. And as a society, that can actually happen as a society at whole because we have very different problems in 2022 that we had as a nation in 1822. Right. Now, it was a very different reality for and, us. And I, and I say all the time, I say, emotions don't solve problems. No, emotions don't solve problems. Logic solves problems. Being able to understand, being able to observe and, 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 and gather from what you've observed, that's how you solve problems. Think about everything that man has created. The world was created on logic, buildings, electricity, all of these things that we've learned to harness. This is logic. This is science. If you tried to say, you know, I, I feel like I want to put, you know, I, I feel like three feet is two feet, and I'm just going to use two feet to, to measure this, you know what I'm saying, and it's three feet, it, it, it wouldn't work. Because, because in order to solve something, you have to understand how something works in the physical world. You have to understand risk. You have to understand probability. You have to understand predictability. You have to understand replicability. You have, you have to understand these things in, in order to solve problems. And what man's problems were where survival was man needed food. Man needed shelter. Man needed water. Man needed clothing. All of these things were manifested from logic, being able to observe, being able to understand the physical world. Okay, how can I use this? How can I use this? This fits into this. And you create houses, we create buildings, we create civilization, we create society, we created medicine, we created technology. Those are all components of the very world, the very earth that we stand on. Now, now hypothetically, if, you know, let's say the majority of people in the world did begin to practice these five cognitive disciplines, would there not be more losers? Wouldn't would, would it be a, a lot less men who actually get women? A lot less men who actually get opportunity, a lot less well, men. Well, I mean, if we're talking about that, a lot less men, a lot of men don't get women to begin with already. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, but, but what it is is, is the, the goal is you introspect so you understand what parts of you need work. So if you understand what parts of you need work, then you'll, you're more likely to work on them. And if you're more likely to work on them, then just maybe, just maybe, you may be able to attain what it is that you're trying to attain. I think a lot of us are scared of that introspection. Like really looking at ourselves objectively and honestly is something that even men, I really do believe they struggle with. And our ego is our superpower, but it can also be our weakness. 
because I think our ego is a big part of why we don't want to honestly look at ourselves in the mirror and really say, yo, this is where you're weak at, especially the older men in our society. It's a brutal reality. And, and I think that's where red, red pill rage comes from. You know, so I want to talk about that more like what because typically, I mean, it's just so impressive how emotionally removed you are from the things that you communicate. Because typically when I see guys who, you know, are, you know, educating other men and women on red pill, it seems to be coming from a very emotional place. And, and a lot of women will ask me that they will ask me who hurt you. And it's like nobody hurt me, sweetheart. If you understand what I'm saying, you know that there's no emotional part of me speaking. This is me speaking from what I understand objectively in its entirety. I don't have a dog in this fight. The women who hurt me or the women who broke my heart, I'm still cool with all those women. I have no animosity towards them. I wish them the best. I can still talk to them. I would still be there for them. I'd still see them and hang out with them even though things didn't work out. So it's never who hurt me. So what it is with the red pill rage is typically, yeah, it's stemming from Hurt is stemming from men who haven't experienced enough women to understand what to look for, how to avoid it, how to accept it, how to understand them. They haven't had the experience. They haven't had the time. They, they don't have the mental fortitude in order to endure what actually comes with dealing with women. And I don't and I don't have that problem because I've dealt with enough women and I've dated hundreds of women. So what's been the, the, the main differences between uh, of your interactions with Pat, your past relationships before the Q, uh, Q pill philosophy and now um, in terms of like the, how, the results, all the results, um, the old you versus the Q pill. Oh, the old me versus the Q pill. The old me, I would say, was a simp. The old me, I would say, was a panderer. And, and, and what makes you a simp? Let's talk about that, too, because we use that word a lot. So what around. exactly made you a simp? Compromising what I know to be true in order to please a woman. Mm, okay, Damn. so that is what a simp is. Somebody who's compromising what they know to be true in order to please a woman. So like Mr. Mr. Agreeable. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Agreeable. The Derrick yes, Jackson that's, types. Yep, that is exactly what a simp is. <laughs> King Simp! Derrick hey, we Jackson. want your ass on the show too, King Simp. Hey, Derrick Jackson, you got some fucking explaining to do, yep. man. But go ahead. That's what it is. It's a, guy who under, it's a guy who tries to use what he think women wants to hear to his advantage in order to get pussy, knowing that that's not going to result in getting pussy because, wow. as you can see, Derrick Jackson, he still did man shit. You know, despite being a simp, because he understood that that simping shit don't work. It don't work. Now, it it, it does work in driving up your sales. Cause, it, it cause it's a lot of women. It's a lot of women that are agreeable to that, and they want to truly believe that, so they financially support that. But that's not the actual reality of the fucking world. So Derek Jackson is blue pill, essentially. I don't, you know, the way his approach is blue pill. He takes a blue a blue pill approach. No, that motherfucker is blue pill because blue his pill. even his even his comment. Even his comment at our at our viral viral post was some shit that so a woman would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I don't watch Derrick Jackson, so so I, I really don't I, I really don't know exactly what he talks. I've heard that he's a simp, and I've heard one or two things that he said. The only, the most attention I ever paid to him was the little cheating scandal. Cheating scandal. Yeah, that was it. That's but, the most alpha shit that niggas done. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 how about this? No, no more free pub for this motherfucker. By the way. <laughs> okay. So yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. ahead and uh, yeah. I, I want you to finish that though. Because um, you were the way we even got into that, you were explaining what simping is and the old you versus the new you. Right. So I want you to. So you said you were compromising, and now the Q pill philosophy. The Q pill philosophy is brutally honest. It's just reality. I when when I deal with women, I tell them straight up. Listen, this is what type time I'm on. 
I, I don't want to be your friend. I don't have any female friends. If you're not sexually attracted to me, if you're not romantically interested in me, leave me the fuck alone. Wow. Don't, don't come trying to be my friend because I don't want to be your friend. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's another reason why I, I don't do female friends. Because if I'm willing, if I like you, then obviously I'm going to validate you. And if some shit goes south, I'm willing to put my life on the line for you. I'm providing you with this validation. I'm willing to die for you, bitch. If I'm willing to die for you, <laughs> you can at least let me inseminate you and give you a mini me. So if I do die, you got something to replace me with mm. you're telling me i gotta be your friend you're not attracted to me but you want all the benefits and advantages of a guy who likes you the constant reassurance and i've dealt with this i've had women who who try to be my friend i've had two female friends in the past decade wow two because i like them and they were able to keep me in enough engaged enough to where i thought they may have liked me back only to find out that I never fucked. So you were, so were friend zone, essentially. I was friend zone, and, and I did what every man should do. I told my last female friend, I said, we can't be friends anymore. She cried. She was heartbroken. I didn't give a fuck. Mm. I did not give a fuck. We had been friends. We had been friends for two years. Everybody thought we dated because everybody knew that I, like um, a dude told the girl that I currently deal with, that nigga got a girl every week. He told her that when I was in college. He told her that a couple weeks ago. He told one of the girls that I deal with now. Wait, that's no longer your homie though, right? No, no, no. Okay, no, good. No, but he told her, he was like, he was like, you date that nigga? Man, he had a girl like every week at my school. So so when I was with this girl for like two, I was dealing with this girl for two years. She was my female friend. We did everything together. We spent Valentine's. We went to the movies on Valentine's Day. You know what I'm saying? She and went, you wasn't fucking. I wasn't fucking. I wasn't fucking. But, to, but in all fairness, to her defense, we started off kind of like that. I was dealing with a girl. She was dealing with a dude, and it was going through some things. So we kind of came together. You know how you kind of confided in each other. Right, and right. as I spent more time with her, that attraction to her started to develop even more because I thought she was bad as shit. She was, she was Colombian. So I thought she was bad as shit to begin with. And then um, when I realized that, you know, I'm catching feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to her. Like, I want to smash. And I start doing little gestures. Like, I bought her this nice-ass diamond necklace and shit like that, simping. Essentially, thinking that. Oh, so this was pre Q-Pill. This was pre Q-Pill. Understood. Pre Q-Pill, and then hell yeah, it's pre Q-Pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I, I was just like, listen, I was just making sure, goddamn. I'm, I'm like, it, it, I ain't, I ain't get no pussy. You know, it didn't, it didn't elevate her attraction to me. So at that point, you know, we had spent too much time together, and I had to dead it. Now, now, I, can't, can't that that type of relationship is not healthy for the man? I think it's for very obvious reasons, which I, st which I still want you to talk about. But it's, isn't it equally not healthy for the woman as well? Well, why do you why 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 would you think that I'm I'm gonna ask you that first? Well, so I'm thinking that it it wouldn't be healthy for the man because he's you know pretty much at, at that point being taken advantage of mm -hmm. because he's spent investing time potentially money resources. you know resources and he's not getting you know the reciprocal right which is uh pleasure you know right. now on the opposite end the woman I'm thinking is is unhealthy for her as well because she's getting this uh inflated validation like this this you know over excessive amount of validation from probably that man and other men which really puts her in this this very lost and obstructive view of her value i would agree with that okay i would okay. agree with that yes okay. yes but i mean to a woman i think that is healthy to them because that's exactly what they want it's no, like no, they, no, but, it's but, like but, they but, feed off that no, shit. no that's the thing a over validated woman is, is she's really not going to be humble enough to even recognize when she is dealing with a real man. And then when a real man comes across that woman, he's going to be very decisive. 
So while this woman is trying to figure shit out, he's already got to figure out so she could miss out on the opportunity to be with a real nigga because she's getting this uh, excessive validation from these weaker beta sent males. Which is happening, and I think that's what that's the biggest problem with social media. Because I think social media has introduced, like, has Oh, it's caused. free validation. They're splurging on validation. They're splurging <laughs> on it. They're yeah. addicted to it. And, and, you, and when they talk about women, talk about men being narcissistic, who's creating more narcissistic uh, women than the men who validate these women on social media constantly in their comments, telling them that there's something that they aren't, that they're worth things that they aren't because they can't get the men that they want to get anyway. And women, Let's talk about narcissistic because we keep hearing this word being thrown around and it's becoming a very dangerous word. Right. It's becoming a very dangerous word. Like it's, it's really great what narcissistic and misogynistic really is. Insecure. So I know you probably can define it better. What exactly is a narcissist and kind of go into why do you feel like women are actually becoming more narcissistic? Well, uh, narcissistic is a, uh, well, there's narcissistic trait and then there's the personality disorder, which is even murkier to define but narcissistic trait is essentially a guy a person but they tend to say guys because guys are more prone to it according to the research than women are but as a guy who lacks empathy he has a he needs validation constantly it's this over he needs to overcompensate it's a, a grandiosity so they they perceive themselves to be bigger than what they are more grandeur than what <coughs> they are right so when it comes to dealing with women i say that because women are actually exhibiting these these traits as well when it, on social media because they're being, I, I deserve the world. What kind of statement is that? I deserve the world. I know my worth. Says who? Who's determining your worth? Your worth, is, your worth is not determined by what you perceive yourself to be. Your worth is determined by the market. Who wants you? Right. Who, can, who, can, who can keep you? Which is why marriage is the ultimate validation, validation for a woman. Exactly, which is why they chase marriage, which is why they want to be married. And they only want to be married simply to say that they're married because it provides that validation. They, they just want to be married to the lifestyle, too. But that's what narcissism, that's what it essentially is. And what it has become today is, um, I want to say, it's just a, a term people throw around so loosely. And what I define a narcissist as is any man who doesn't behave the way a woman wants him to behave, which is typically predicated on her perception of what she believes a man should behave like in terms of Disney fairy tales, fantasies, always validating her, letting her know that he, he pedestalizing her, putting her on a pedestal, you know, letting her know that she's the center of his world. That's what women would define as narcissistic. And if you go back and look at the whole um, delicious dilemma, with the guy that she was dating, uh, Raymond, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> Central she, Park Five. Yeah, she goes to calling him a narcissist when the reality is the video that I watched of her talking about him when she embarrassed him on Instagram Live was saying that he moved in with mama. I need a man who's going to conform to my, my world. I need a man who understands how hard I worked, who's done this, who's done that. She embarrassed that man on IG Live, and she sounded more like a narcissist than he ever did. I would agree. I would agree. I want to dive into the wow. social media aspect, man, because to me, I think social media is now the sixth sense, so to speak, because it's a very much so a part of your composition now. Mm -hmm. It's like it's it's not just, you know, a representation like it used to be called. Hey, this Instagram is the business, the virtual business card. No, no, no. This shit is a part of your personality. Like at some point, like people are really thinking this is who you are. So, I mean, being that social media is not going anywhere. Right. And we very have to, uh, you know, very much so have to accept that it's now a part of us and, and not just a representative. Like, how does a man, like, how should a man operate on social media? How should Is there such thing as a masculine operator <laughs> of I, social know, media? You know, I've, I've tried it. I've tried it and I've delved into it to understand just, you know, even down to 
how we take selfies or how we present ourselves. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes to appearing masculine, I would say the typical masculine thing is what most men try to engage in. They try to flaunt money. They try to flaunt the lifestyle that they live because they know this appeals to women. The status aspect it's of things. the status aspect because that's what women like. Women are attracted to men who can accrue resources. And what better way to show that you're a competent mate by showing that you've accrued resources, that so you live a lifestyle. That's photos with, who you know, other popular people. people. Photos with, you know, nice uh, residences, nice cars, money, like you talked about, nice mm-hmm. outfits. Mm-hmm. I think that's very true, man. And, and really and people. All, other, and people. Other high-status people, people as absolutely, well. Absolutely. And then we learned that. Like, we really learned that like you talking about going viral like as many dms as, and, and messages as we got that were like you know uh consider hate speech you know what i mean some shit like that right yeah. we got uh, just as many women like shooting they shot like because of that status like you get your 15 minutes of fame and regardless of you know it might be a thousand women that hate you but it's another thousand that really and, really love and, you and, I want, and i want to hit on that because that's interesting because you guys are experiencing the women who come even with the backlash yes and it's understanding that Women love men who keep shit real, which is why I am who I am post Q pill. Why I'm straight up front with women about what I expect, what I want, and if you don't like it, you can get the fuck out because there are women who are willing to do it. They'll do what you won't do. And at the end of the day, if you got a high status male, you have to compete for that high status male. And I'm a guy that you have to compete for. So if you aren't willing to compete, you can get the fuck out. So what let's let, let's talk about that because yeah, you, know, you 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 went into the simping aspect and what you did, but I don't think we talked about the mindset you have now, like the Q pill mindset, right? So for a guy, especially that's simping, I want because it's a lot of guys that are simping. I would actually go to as far to say most guys. In society, That's you are raised to simp. Yes. So, like, you're raised to simp. So, what is the mindset shift that you had to go through? And even give an example of some, like, real-life examples of what that looks like when it's applied. Uh, holding women accountable is number one. I would say that. I, I would say that's that's the predominant factor. Just simply holding women accountable. You, you being a woman doesn't make you flawless. Being a woman doesn't make you perfect. Being being a woman does not make you always right which is cliches that we actually this have. shit doesn't the make woman, you special the, it doesn't make you special the woman is always right so i treat women like they're people it's that simple i treat women like they're people they're human beings they're flawed human beings you make a mistake it is not i don't have to take the responsibility of the mistake that you made you own up to that shit you know what i'm saying and that's what i tell them any woman that i deal with personally you know they say they'll say you you're so insensitive you you mean which is not true because they're only caught up in the moment of how I'm acting. They forget about all the ways that I love them and show them love and appreciation and respect outside of this moment of, 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 of irateness, you know, but I let them know, listen, I'm going to hold you accountable. You do something I don't like, I'm going to let you know I don't like that shit. I don't approve of that shit. I don't approve of the fact that you got male friends. I don't approve of this. I don't, I, I'm straightforward about the, it. The thing about that is women actually love that. Like they w- do. when you treat a woman like a human being, they, they love do. that. But they when do. you objectify women, right? And when you have this, this, uh, this single goal of fucking women, then you are willing to even sacrifice your moral code to get that shit done, like to yeah. get that executed. Yeah. And women can sense that. That's when you're too thirsty. Yeah, that's when you're too thirsty. <laughs> that's when you're too thirsty. And when you, yes, and 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 just that you know having that overall presence. And I think we talked about this at at, at dinner yesterday. Talk about being witty. Like that's being witty is you being able to be present and composed and understand that this is a person you have. And a, and and what I tell men this is also another thing with me dealing with women. I'm not afraid to offend a woman. 
Right. I'm not afraid mm. to. I'm not afraid to offend a woman. If you get offended, it just speaks to how incompatible we are. Because at the end of the day, I'm not telling you something to hurt your feelings. I'm. That's not my intent. You. It may be. It may hurt your feelings as a byproduct. But my intention is to create an environment where you understand that we need to have a healthy dynamic. We, in order for us to build this culture, if you're going to be dealing with me, because that's what it is. A relationship is a culture. It's establishing a dynamic. How we're going to work. How are you? How do you think? How do I think? How can we intertwine? How can we come together? How can we make this to where we both like it? Where we both love it? And in order for that. I have to be inoffensive. I have to tell you what's wrong with you. And women don't like hearing what's wrong with you. Right. And, and the thing is, men are afraid of that conflict. So which is, even in our even in our more male relationships, you know, our, our masculine why, relationships with each other. Which is why 80% of men in relationships tend to stonewall, which is simply not engaging. They tend to shut women out. They don't communicate with women when a woman has an issue. 80% of women bring up conflict in a relationship. 80% of men stonewall in the relationship. So while the woman is trying to is, is, is communicating what the problem is, he doesn't want to talk about it. And uh, typically what he w- doesn't want to talk about is because he don't feel that he can get anywhere. Hence, don't argue with women. They feel that it's hopeless. But you have to be able to engage in this conflict and you have to be able to be logical. And what it is is that a lot of these women are smarter than the men that they're dating. So the men, the men can't rebuttal. They can't show why what they're saying is true. I don't have that problem, which is why I'm not afraid to offend a woman. Typically, the women who sit back and listen to me explain things to them, they become more aroused by me. They become more attracted to me because they're like, okay, he's not trying to hurt my feelings. He just broke this shit down. He just made me, this shit made me wet. (laughs) So learn the fucking game, fellas. You got to learn the game. Learn the game. Because niggas is really scared, man. But conflict, like, you know, it comes before growth. It does. It comes before growth, and I think when p- if people acknowledge that and accept that, then we'd be in a much, you know, much better position because to be able to have is, healthy relationships. Because pain is the teacher. Yes, pain, pain is the teacher. You learn from pain. If everything is always glorious and everything is utopia, you don't get to experience anything that highlights where you where you failed in order to in, in, improve. You know what I'm saying? If everything is always good, then when push comes to shove and shit hits the fan, then you need to know, damn, I didn't know I I wasn't strong enough to take on this. You know, you have to be able to figure out what it is that you lack in order to be better, to become a better man. That's 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 fundamental. That's the fundamental essence of improving your masculinity. Does this philosophy uh, does this philosophy apply to only heterosexual relationships? No, it's the same thing with um, with gay men as well. You know, it's, it's, it's with, with women. I mean, women are going to be women. But in order for anyone to learn how to improve, you have to be willing to understand what it is that you lack. Because if you go into a situation thinking that you're competent when you really aren't, our ancestors died because of shit like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's important to understand I need to get better here because this outcome is what I want. So in order to optimize this potential outcome, I need to optimize my preparation. I need to optimize my understanding. I need to maximize my ability, my capabilities to deal with this kind of shit. And that's and that can be attributable to any component of life, whether the workplace, whether relationships, whether you're an athlete, all of that. Just think about it. They have to know what their weaknesses are in order to better be able to adapt. Mm. And yo, first of all, they gonna hate your ass for talking about the ancestors because he just <laughs> listen. One thing we not allowed to do in society is hold our heroes accountable, right? So like, I we agree. are not allowed to do that. We are not allowed to talk about where Martin Luther King made a mistake. Yep. We are not allowed to talk about where Frederick Douglass messed up, right? We are not when we don't even our minds are so anti hold our heroes accountable that we really don't even. Av- 
even when we tell their stories, it's all in heroism. It's not, they could have done better here. Mm -hmm. They could have done better there. And I think that's also a big problem because we have to be, I think that's a part of being objective. It is. Being objective is being objective. It's scrutiny even to the, even to like our parents, like looking at your mother and father and yes, our mother and fathers, they had greatness in them. They had love and they had these really good qualities, but they also had places that they messed up. And if the reason is, is dangerous not to be objective in this way is because if you don't see where they messed up, you will fuck around and perpetuate the same things and make exactly. the same mistakes exactly. that they've made. I mean, how does someone literally become this objective? Like, what, is there like a process of switching your brain oh, to man. thinking objectively? What, how, there, what is that? There, there, there is a process, but everybody responds differently. And what happened with me was it all started from when my first ex broke my heart. That's, believe it or not, that's where it stemmed from. And all I did. You, you was hurt, huh? Was, <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. I was hurt. I was, I was devastated. But I didn't go into a deep depression. I didn't, get, I didn't get overwhelmed with stress. I sat around and thought. All I did was think. I took, I took about two to three days of just thinking about what happened, where I went wrong, where I can improve, where I can, what I can do next. If I ever get the opportunity again, how will I approach it? How, I just sat around just think. That's what objectivity is. It's just thinking. It's trying to understand. And what happened was... I took that same mentality and applied it to everything. And I mean, literally, it was like a paradigm shift for me. I just started seeing the world completely different from heartbreak. Everything from politics, other people, my friendships. I started realizing what people are capable of beyond what I was cognizant of prior. It was like an elevated state of high. And I just... Kept that same mentality ever since. Is it even possible for somebody like you being in this very stoic place to even have a healthy relationship or an intimate relationship with a woman? Yes, because I allow myself to live in the moment. I allow myself to feel for her. I allow myself to get caught up in my attraction to her. I allow myself to fantasize about what we can be, what I want to be. I still allow myself. So it's, it's, it's a switch. It's just learning how to compartmentalize. It's learning basically cognitively there's a time and a place. Mm. So that's why I can still maintain a healthy relationship. But what it is is I have a lower tolerance for female bullshit now. So as long as you're not overthinking, always making assumptions, and always overreacting, which are three things that women tend to struggle with tremendously, overthinking, overreacting, assumptions. If you don't do those things repetitively to the point where you become a headache and we're talking more about what I did that pisses you off rather than enjoying our time together, like if I take you to an amusement park and you worried about something that happened last week and we can't ride the roller coaster because you sitting there and I'm like, what's wrong? And you're telling me nothing and some shit is bothering you and you <laughs> fucking up the vibe. I don't like that. So at, at that no, point, no, no dude likes that. Yeah, yeah. And women will do that shit. Yeah. So I have I have a tolerance. I have a tolerance for for uh, female bullshit up to a certain extent. And I will allow myself to feel for a woman. I will allow myself to be attracted to her. I will allow her to calm me down. I will allow her to touch me. I will allow her to do all these things that I know allow me to develop a love for her. um, elevate my affinity for her I have no issue with doing that but it just becomes difficult the more problems we have the more stoic I become and the more logical I start to disengage and come back to reality 
So it, it sounds like this objectivity allows you to be in a more balanced place. It does. It, it does. Wow. And that's essentially, and that's the goal. You want to be balanced. So you want to understand, and that's what the red pill is, oh, uh, being aware of female nature. You, you want to understand and be aware of what she's capable of and what makes her tick and what could potentially happen between you, good or bad, and not hold it over her head if it does transpire. That's what it is. That's a fucking bar right there. God damn it. The fucking, fucking mic is steaming right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Let the fucking mic breathe real quick because it's steaming right now. My yeah. dog is dropping some hot fire right now. Man, this is, um, I, I think that was a beautiful way to understand because as men, we have to have this balance and we need to know what that looks like. And it sounds like, it, I, I know you're not going to like this phrase, but I think you have to, in some ways, you kind of have to like, Lose yourself in the moment. Oh, like, no, no, you do. I agree. Like, let, let the moment flow. Be absolutely present. Otherwise, and then that's what you be. let the emotion, because that's what it is. Because, yes. see, the thing about the feminine essence and, the, like, the, that aspect of, of women is they're very fluid. They're flowy. And men, we are very, we're structured. We're the foundation. We're the logic aspect of it. But in order for us to have that balance, we have to also know when to flow. We yep. got to also know when to move and let ourselves go with that. And, and that's how we can grow I love for the woman. And then you got to know when to stop the flow, right? Yes, because if we don't, we become just like them when it comes to insecurity. Think about it. A woman is dating a man who's red, who's in red pill rage. All he's concerned about, he becomes insecure. He worried about. He's on edge 24-7. He's on edge 24-7. So you can't even, you can't even relax. You can't allow yourself to feel and love this woman and appreciate this woman because you already overgeneralized and classify her as something that you don't even know. It's so crazy to me because I, I find that most men are either or. They either red pill as a fuck, right, where they always on edge, bitches ain't shit, and they always going to try to get over on you, and this how you should treat them, mm -hmm. right? Or they're on the complete opposite, opposite. spectrum, mm -hmm. which is super fucking but see, that's what. But see, that's what, when I think of that balance at, a high, at its highest level, that's what I personally define as divine masculine. I think, like, you have, because you, you have to, it's this balance that you have where you're able to still be able to grow and be efficient and be productive to the society and help build and groom a logically law based society, right? Because laws are these unmoving things that should not be moving with people's emotions and opinions right, right. And that's what that come. Currently. You got to be a fucking rock, right? The masculine needs to be a rock. And then, yet, still, we still have to have and be able to show compassion, love, and empathy, and these other aspects that we need to be able to raise a healthy, even generation. When it comes to raising children, you got to be able to express that and input that into the next generation. We're raising daughters, we're raising sons, and that empathy allows us to, you know, like you said, have that morality to it. And I know, see, you kind of, you got some mixed feelings when it comes to morality. I do. It depends on what you, it depends on what we're talking about when it comes to it. I, yeah. I, I want to talk about, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of women's relationships with men, like that morality piece. It seems like, you know, when someone gets put themselves in a, uh, I guess, a sticky situation, right? Let's say talk about infidelity. It seems like all morality goes out the window when it comes to women picking sexual partners or, or men uh, picking sexual partners for their benefit. That's because, that's because, as I said before, I said attraction has no moral conscience. Sexual, sexual recep uh, receptivity is is what it is for survival. So what it is is women are naturally going to respond to cues of masculinity, men are going to respond to cues of femininity. And what we're doing is we're trying to we're trying to manipulate those things. We're trying to manipulate attraction into what we think is right and fair. But survival is not fair. 
Mm. And, if, and if survival is not fair and attraction is predicated on survival, then attraction can never be fair. Mm. Attraction is discriminatory, which is why women tend to be attracted to bad boys, which is why they don't like nice guys, which is why men are attracted to feminine women, which is why we don't like fat women. I mean, Lizzo got rejected by Chris Evans. Right. I mean, let, let, let me ask you. So even that, even that statement is, I think, something that people are going to be highly offended by. Why can women be very critical and direct about what they want in terms of verbal communication? Right. I don't want a broke nigga. I don't you know, I, I don't want a weak nigga. I, I don't want an ugly nigga. Those because they things, get right? very objective. Like when very, it comes to evaluating men, all correct. of a sudden they get logical. <laughs> they get very logical. Oh, no. Broke. Yeah. No, that not, won't work. Not, not just logical and logical and expressive. And expressive. So now, why can't men have that same level of discrimination in their speech when they're speaking about women? Because every woman believes she deserves love. Every woman believes she deserves love, and she believes that she deserves the, the type of love from the type of man that she believes she deserves it from. And when she finds out that the type of men that she like don't like her, it's too much to bear. Mm. Like I said, women like, listen to this, women like what is advantageous or beneficial to them. So if you speak on what you don't like and that puts her at a disadvantage or it eliminates her from the equation, she has a problem with that because now she knows that the type of man that she wished she could be married to is not the type of man that wants to be married to her. That's that a hard pill to swallow. So what should, that, what should that woman do? Like in that situation, now that she under, like if hopefully she understands this, what should that woman do? First she should introspect. She should see what it is. If she overweight. You can attribute that to the fact that you overweight, and and Who's I think that's understated. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's a un, that's a, that's that's understated. Hey, hey, no, he, he keeping it one hundred because physical attraction is the, damn near the top thing that it men is. are looking at when evaluate. I mean, every like like I don't know why niggas just don't want to come out and be open about this. Niggas will date a woman, and that woman literally asks them all the time, "Why don't you take me nowhere?" And it's 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 because. That nigga is not satisfied with the way you, you look. the way you look. That's exactly and, what it and is. And if that nigga is not satisfied with the way you look, ladies need to leave that nigga. Because if a man is not taking you out, because because every man, if you got a bad one, you gonna want to be seen with that one. shit like a diamond chain. You gonna want to be seen. You gonna want to be seen because 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 niggas is gonna women are gonna look at you different first, and niggas are gonna look at you different. I mean, I've been I've been out with an attractive trick, and nigga will come up to me and ask me, "What do you do?" Mm -hmm. Because it's a symbol. It's a stat. It's a it's status, a status symbol. symbol. Yep, and that's why I used to, I was bad, man. I used to I used to post all the baddies. Like, every time I had a baddie, I would post me and her on my Snapchat just to show that, look, I get baddies. <laughs> I it's like posting a Lamborghini. <laughs> it right, is. Right, right. It, it is, and I would do it, and, 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 you know, I chilled out a little bit with it because now I'm moving mystery. Mm, I like moving in mystery. That's different. But um, that's what I used to do. And I will say, um, what, when it comes to that with the, advan the advantageous thing to women – that's essentially what it is. They don't like the fact that they don't qualify. They don't like knowing that they don't qualify because they've been told that they can have anybody that they want. They, they may have simps constantly validating them on social media 24-7. Even ugly women get validation. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the moral aspect of it is I went viral for another video where I said, where it said, would you date a woman who's unattractive if her personality was compatible with yours? And I said, absolutely fucking not. Because being physically attractive is the prerequisite. 
That's the primary factor. I don't give a fuck how good a bitch personality is. If I don't find you attractive, we aren't compatible. And the, the thing we, is, because that, that does affect different areas. If it affects your sex life, exactly. it affects your drive, it affects your passion, it affects exactly. your longevity. When you talk about a long term relationship, like how long you gonna be here yeah, on earth with me? Exactly. <laughs> you really gotta. First of all, it affects it affects my next generation of children. Absolutely. Let's not let's not forget that aspect well, of it. And the thing is, with beauty though, with beauty, I you know this is my personal opinion. I want you to let me know how you feel about this. Okay. I think a lot of it is just staying physically fit. Yes. I think if more women just stay physically fit. Like it would be a lot happier niggas, right? Men are men, <laughs> men, men, I really do. Men are attracted. Men are attracted to the three Fs: fitness, femininity, fecundity. Fecundity is reproductive potential. Fitness is how you look, keeping your waist to hip ratio at an ideal about 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 in that range. And then femininity is your compassion, your agreeableness, your your willingness to cooperate, your willingness to submit. So it sounds like those three things is actually what a woman should do if she is looking to improve her. If she's looking to improve, those are the three things that I would tell her. Fitness, fecundity, and uh, femininity. Fecundity is like like just pretty much her fertility. Yep. Like it's, it's, it's her reproductive potential, her ability to her ability to produce kids, you know. Um, so like single mothers, their fecundity would be lower because they've already had kids. Older women would be uh, their fecundity would be lower because they're closer to their biological wall. You know, the biological clock is ticking. So tip, that's why men like younger women. That's why if a man can get a younger woman, he will get a younger woman. That makes a lot of sense. And, and, and in terms of men, because I want to, unless you had another question about this, because I want to talk about men, right? I got some questions for you because, you know, Har like, I'm not sure if you know this, but Harley Initiated, like, the, the whole reason we started this shit was for men's growth, right? Okay. And the reason we came up with the name Harley Initiated, because there's no longer an initiation process when you're talking about men, you know, joining these cultural societies, you know, between the age of 11 to 13. Mm -hmm. So we said, you know, Harley Initiated is truly the, the essence or the state of men right now. So it's a lot of men, you know, because of that, that are watching the show that are more on that beta end of the spectrum. So if you are a man who is, is on that beta end of the spectrum and you are currently in a relationship where you, let's say, maybe getting disrespected or you know that it's something just not quite right, what should you do? You should reevaluate. You should reevaluate your life in its entirety. Because, and I say that because I, I, when I, I tell men all the time, I, these are cues. These are P's of Q's to success. So these are what I say men need to incorporate in order to be successful. A man needs to find a purpose. That's his first thing. Finding a purpose will give you the, the, the drive and determination to actually focus on something and to find value within yourself. So you get that purpose. How you, and, what, and that entails um, purpose, preparation. Preparation. So being able to understand what your potential is and preparing, whether you need to do research, whether you need to figure out how you get where you're trying to go, you need to prepare. So purpose, preparation, potential, um, and, there's, and there's two more. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I tell every man that he needs to find a purpose. God damn, that was about to be the most epic fucking sound well, clip. All, that, hey, shit, that shit coming hey, back. We're going we gonna, we we gonna to make sure that hey, shit come hey, back. Buy the fucking book. So, so, so <laughs> check it out. I, I think that's so important, too, because I like that you said reevaluate your whole entire life. Now, let, let me ask you this too, because I've also seen this in a lot of ways. We can even use celebrities as an example, but like, aren't there like very successful men that can also be on the beta end of the oh, spectrum yeah, as well? Absolutely. And give, give and an example of so, that. So the money, like why, why doesn't the money automatically bring that objectivity to choose and to select and to, and to be more bold? Why, 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 I mean, wouldn't that automatically make you more bold? Not necessarily, because as I said in, in earlier in the show, when it comes to 
our sacred values, what we were instilled with through our childhood, that doesn't change. That that doesn't change unless there's unless there's some paradigm shift experience that we that we get that shows us, you know, the real. But a beta, a guy who makes money being a beta, he doesn't necessarily have to alter anything because he's accomplished what he needs to accomplish without being an alpha. So mm. there's no incentive to change anything because essentially you don't fix what what isn't broken. You can't fix what. So if he made it and he's doing everything that he wanted to do and he's accomplishing everything he wanted to accomplish, he's acquired what he wants to acquire, then there's no reason for him to have any incentive to say, you know what, I need to reevaluate how I go about things because he succeeded in whatever it is that he's trying to succeed in. So he might he might even be harder to change unless he faced, like you said, a traumatic experience with yes. a woman. Now he wants to go reevaluate himself. Yep. The, the, the crazy shit about that is, is that that wouldn't necessarily stop that man from securing a long term partner, which is crazy to me. Because I think as many women who at a certain point, they will say, hey, you know what? It's time to pack it up. I'm done with the game. I got this simp-ass dude that I've been fucking with for a minute, taking advantage of him, and I'm going to go ahead and have a baby with him. Why do you think a woman would put herself in a position to have a baby with a man that she actually really doesn't truly, genuinely believe is desirable? Resources. Security. Comfortability. Everything she knows she needs to secure in order to have the best outcome for her offspring. And that's way, that's more important than desirability. That's more important than desirability, especially if she's older. Mm-hmm. That's why you see age humbles a lot of women. That's why a lot of women, when they're younger and they're ran through, that's why the older they get, the more they're willing to settle for the type of men that are available to them. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting to me because I have a lot of old bitches in my DM too. Me too. And, and, Me too. and, and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck make you think I want you? <laughs> you, you, this motherfucker is a cold Hold on, wait. Let, 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 let's bring this up too because yeah, a very yeah. controversial aspect of one of our, the episode that went viral with Philip Karaya was the concept of hypergamy. Yeah. Okay. And I want your like definition and I want you to kind of break down what that is hypergamy. Well, I mean, I seen the clip and he explained it perfectly. Hypergamy is just the simple fact that women like men who make them feel feminine by being more competent than they are. So women are attracted to men who do shit better than they do, essentially. Which makes sense. Who make more than they make, or as much. That's essentially what it is, and it's a survival method. It's 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 a reproduction method, because at the end of the day, every woman is attracted to the dominant guy. She's, she's attracted to the guy who's, who has status, who has power, who has resources, because that provides her with the optimal environment it, it, to reproduce and raise offspring. It's, it's a simple concept. She's looking for exhibit. the best race horse, the, the best horse yep. in the race. Yep, and that's, an, and that's another reason why I say women, no matter how much feminism try to push this, this, sexual, um, this sexual freedom, the sexual liberation movement, Women, the red pill will say, you know, women are hoes and they're taking a whole bunch of dicks and shit like that. But women actually tend to only like one man. A woman is looking for the best man for her. She's looking for the best suitable partner for her. So out of all the options that she has, she wants who has the most money, who has the most power, who has the most status, who has the most resources. I don't blame women for that shit, though, because that shit makes sense. I don't either. It, but but, but why, why do you think women feel so guilty about that? Because Because... Women still don't like the fact that, you know, it's like when a woman turns a guy down because she doesn't like him or she isn't attracted to him and she say, I still think you're a good guy. They feel bad because they, they have that empathy. They understand that 
it makes them seem like a bad person. And mm. they don't want to feel like a bad person, which is why they'll still offer. We can still be friends because as a, they as a consolation prize. As a consolation prize. They don't want to feel like they're a bad person for simply letting you know that they aren't willing to have your baby, which is essentially what it comes down to, which is why I don't like the fact that women think you should take them back at the cheating because if a woman cheats is letting her, a nigga know, like, I think this man is more suitable than you. I want this man's baby, not yours. So even if, because that's a very interesting topic. So even if you have caused a level of neglect to this woman. You've neglected her intimately. You've neglect, neglected her emotionally. You've neglected her in these different ways. This was another very controversial topic. Do you still think a man should consider taking a woman back, even in heavy neglect, that has cheated? I would say, I would say it, that's, a per, that's a matter of per, personal preference. I wouldn't say... I, I could or couldn't recommend it because it would be a case-by-case case thing. I would need to know why she cheated. I would need to know if she cheated because of what he did, what he lacked, or just simply because of what she desired. So it's one of those things where I would have to treat on a case-by-case case, case case basis. I wouldn't generalize it and say a man should or shouldn't take a woman back. That's a case-by-case case thing that I would need to evaluate on my own. That's the only question that... Uh, we have asked that you actually took a breath and thought about <laughs> before you spoke. So I know that's a deep one for you. Yes. Okay, that's yeah. a tricky one. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, when you deal with clients and stuff, everything is treated by a case-by-case basis. But the way we get generalizations is you get an individual who exhibits something, you get 100 individuals who exhibit the same thing, you get 1,000 individuals who exhibit the same thing, you say, look, this is a thing. But there are also going to be exceptions and outliers. There are going to be outliers. There are going to be exceptions to the rule. And typically those outliers and exceptions exist because there's an abnormality somewhere in that. And you need to understand what exactly the factors external or internal that are involved in this equation that has resulted in this abnormal outcome that's the mike steaming guys so check this out because i mean is, is so much shit going on right now and i think fellas this is why we really have to understand the game down to the x's and the o's i really do believe that makes life a lot more practical and uh, easier for us to digest, especially, I like that, see this concept of hypergamy, because we just getting off this, I want you guys to understand, it is a selection process from women, it is their selection process, and going back to nature, we could look at every animal in nature, they, the woman has a selection process of the mate that they want to go about joining with, yep. the peacocks, they spread the wet, they spread, they, they, they peacocking, right? Yep. Whoever is the most brightest, most beautiful peacock, the woman is going to select. Every animal has a way to do that. So you have to believe, fellas, that humans, women, they also have a way that they evaluate cognitively. They evaluate and select their man. And it's important to understand. And it's subconscious. They're not cognizant of it, which is also why they tend to say women will tell you they like a certain thing. This is why I always say listen to what don't listen to what women say. Watch what they do. Because a woman will show you exactly what she's attracted to if you just watch how she sexually responds to whatever when it comes to men. A woman will tell you what she believes makes her a good person about what she's attracted to. But her vagina doesn't think that way. Her vagina responds to what nature has taught it to respond to. Damn. And, you know, that's so true because if you typically ask a woman what she's attracted to, she's going to give you a bunch of bullshit. She's going to give you every, everything that she that if you were to display those things, she would not fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and as men, we've all, like you said, we, we, uh, we've all experienced this. It's just a matter of how many experiences you've had to get you to finally get to that point where you recognize that this is actually the fact. Yep. And uh, the mystery. That's yeah. one. A lot of guys talk themselves out of pussy. They talk too much. Talk they too let a woman soon. know too much about them too quickly. 
Let her imagination wonder. Let her wonder if you're a bad guy or not. Let her. So I want to be more specific in that. You say they talk a little bit too much. So what should you be letting a woman know? Like, because there has to be an exchange. You just can't not give information. What should I just meet a woman? I'm on the first few dates. What should, how should that look like in a healthy exchange to maintain the mystery yet still be able, you know, to give some information for her to learn about you when you develop a relationship? First of all, in this day and age, you need to let a woman know you're sexually attracted to her. Because they will, they will, they will finesse you out of out of money and dinner if you don't let them know that, and if you don't let them know what you're looking for and you what you expect, they'll finesse you. So you're saying basically communicate up front that this is not a platonic situation. Communicate that up front. Let women know up front that you're attracted to her and that you want the, the vagina. Essentially, you can you can choose to creatively put that, wittingly put that, however you want to. But let her know. Flirt with her a little bit. Let her know that you're sexually attracted to her. You're sexually aroused by her. Then next, simply just give her little hints and cues about who you are and what you do. But let her do more of the talking. Let her come to you. She should be more invested in you than you are in her, especially verbally. She should be, she should want to, her mind should be wondering, imagining, like, damn, I'm trying to figure this guy out. So what you're saying is you like, and when she and when she tried to get you with one of them trap questions that question whether you're a good or bad human being, double down on it. Is that not the exact opposite of how we're taught, right? Because I'm thinking, you know, men, we're hunters, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how we taught to go out and seek. You know, pretty much mm -hmm. we actually taught to chase pussy. Mm -hmm. So if right now it sounds like you're saying that the man is actually the prize. Yeah. The type the man is the prize by definition of the fact that she wants a man that is rare. Whoever wants the more rare asset is the prize. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And so now mm. we, that's a complete total mindfuck, mind right? Because now that uh, a man who's typically responsible for going out to get it now has to put himself in a position to actually attract it. That's why I said let them come to you. And if you're a desirable male, they're coming. They'll come to you, and and we've all we've all we've experienced it. You guys are getting to experience it right now as you continue to elevate and as you Bro, continue to grow. You're going to see that they're going to come, and and what they do, and and I always tell guys, you don't have to lie to her. Women will lie to themselves. Yeah, they lie to themselves about you. She'll tell herself everything she needs to tell herself to rationalize why she should be with you rather than look at why she shouldn't. It's really, it's really a crazy thing, too. Like, even in this situation now where, because we, we, we've always, you know, gotten money. Like, we, we successful business cats, right? Mm -hmm. But now that, we're, now that we're elevating our status, things are different. Like it's exposure. It's exposure. So, literally, my DMs, I'm looking at these women in my DMs, and some of them are, like, drop-dead gorgeous. And I'm like, but my interest is not the same. It's so strange. It's like because had this been six months back, they wouldn't have been interested. And and, and if they were, I'm fucking boom 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 yeah. hitting them with that quick DM. Now it's just like fuck. I can't even respond to this shit. I gotta go get the gotta go get the bag. Right. I gotta go pursue my purpose. Right. So it does really like it comes with it as you get more invested into your passion and purpose. Your mindset even changed the way you see. Like you actually see yourself and your time uh, as much more, more fucking valuable. valuable. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, and that's why it's so attractive to them because they uh, one of the one of the components of being red pill and, it, and there's some psychological validity to it is if you're too available, it will turn her off. That because, makes sense because what it does is let her know that you have too much time on your hands and you're invested in her and you haven't even gotten her yet. But that's scary for a woman too. Like like that's that's a, a very you know a scary place for a woman to be in a position because no woman wants that much pressure on them. 
yeah. to where they have to be responsible for making you happy and yeah. satisfying you. Yeah. So when you are with that excessive contact and communication, they like, hold on, bro. But 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 what you said, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something right here. You said no woman wants to do that. You would be right logically, unless she's that emotionally invested in you already. When she's that emotionally invested in you, she doesn't give a fuck. Mm. And I know that from firsthand experience. Double text, triple text, quadruple text, where you at? I want you. I miss you. I want to see you. They, when a woman is emotionally invested in you, and that's why it's such a beautiful thing, and that's also one of the reasons why I say I don't like female friends. And they'll ask me, they'll say, I'll say, because have you ever had a woman be head over heels in love with you? Have you ever seen how a woman treats you? How she willing to go out her way and do anything and everything for you? The way she touches you, the way she talks to you, the way she's invested in you? Man, it's a beautiful thing. You don't get that with a woman who's not attracted to you, which is why I don't want female friends. But a woman who sees you as worth it, she will let you know on every level that you are fucking worth it and she ain't going nowhere and she wants you and only you and she, ex- and she, uh, she expresses that in every way possible. Verbally, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, it's a beautiful thing. So you're basically saying that these friendships with women, they're actually weak relationships. They're weak relationships because fr- female friendships are weak relationships. They break up over a disagreement over whose favorite color is Skittle is what? That's true. That's true. Man, God yo. Damn. So <laughs> I want to go back to this too because I want fellas to understand this too. A lot of times, because this is what the fellas don't understand, a lot of time a woman complaining can be some of the healthiest shit that's happening in your relationship. Yep. And I think what on the beta end of the spectrum, you're always trying to keep the woman happy. And I think that's the biggest mindset. You have to be okay with your woman being a little flustered. Yes. One of the best she's, complaints. She's mostly invested. One of the best complaints your woman can give you is that I miss you. I don't get to see you enough. Believe it or not. And this is from firsthand experience, especially a man that's on a purpose. And you, because, can, you can get that shit mixed up because you can actually respond very wrongly to that. And you, you can respond very wrongly, but you can see the contradiction and irony in how these women think because with ambition does come absence. Yep. And you can have these women who literally desire to live in a mansion, to have all these nice cars, to have this lavish lifestyle. But they want you with them all the time. That's a contradiction. Doesn't make sense. That cannot exist. That can't coexist. So for you to be able to provide for them at the level that many of them want to provide, you have to be working and exerting the energy to be able to rationally and logically create that reality for them. And then when you do get the opportunity to connect with that woman, you got to be fully fucking present. present. Yep. And I think that's when you're talking about losing yourself almost in that moment when you're present with her. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Allowing her to have you in your entirety. She she has your undivided attention. You're not thinking about work. You allow her to let you be who you uh, allow her to be who she is with you. And you're fully invested in that. You just allow her to love on you. You love her back. You show her the respect and appreciation that you have for her being in your life and supporting you and sticking by you through all this energy that you've invested in accruing these resources and all this traveling and working. You you give her what she deserves because she's stuck it out. She's been there. And what I tell guys is you absolutely when a, when a when a woman is unhappy, you have to understand women are emotional roller coasters. So if she's unhappy with something that has to do with how she feels about you, such as she's not getting enough affection or attention or whatever the case may be, she's not going to go anywhere and you can keep her you can keep her invested by Playing with her a little bit. Keep her engaged. You know, she don't get upset. 
Don't get upset. Don't be like, ah, oh, this bitch getting on my nerves. She, I'm trying to work. She's stressing me out or whatever. Send her a simple response. Like, like, listen, I don't get to spend no time with it. Sorry, right, I got you. I got you next time I see you. Don't worry. I'll be home. What about this? Give, give her something to look forward to. You know what I'm saying? And I tell women all the time, it's, it's, it's about finding that balance. You can't, you can't bombard him with all of this insecurity and all this anxiety. But at the same time, fellas, you have to be able to know how to mitigate that insecurity, that stress and anxiety that she's exhibiting because she's coming to you for that. And that's going to be attractive to her when she knows that you can calm her down. And if you wasn't and if a woman never hit you up like that, then you you you, you pressed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and listen, and, I mean, by definition, a man who's going to respond just emotionally as to her, that's that's that bitch assness. Yeah, correct. Like correct. they they want to feel your strength. They do. Like, they want to see you be unmoved and almost smile a little bit at their frustration. And it, it just allows them to be 100% emotionally engaged. And man. believe it's, it's it or beautiful. not, I, I, that's one of the things that I say to men. When a, woman is, when a woman is pissed off and she's talking shit and she giggle a little bit, laugh at her a little bit, she going, she going, she going, the fuck? Like, you, <laughs> you don't take me seriously? No, nah, I hear you, babe. It's just, it's just the fact that. I'm here with you right now, and you'll see how much I love you, how much I care about you. I, I, I get what you're saying, but how about, how about I just fix all this right now? Come here. Mm. Simple shit. And see, and, and the, the, a contrary response to that, that's when women say, he can't handle me. Mm-hmm. But what you just responded, that's a woman that's like, oh, I fuck with Q-Pill because he can handle me. Yep, yep. But when they that's say- you being able to, to, to really hone and, 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 and you know, like you said, take advantage of that emotion, that mm-hmm. that time. Yeah, be able to flip it in your advantage. Exactly. Yep. And be able to flip it in your advantage. They love that of, shit, bro. Instead of getting all, oh, fuck, I'm trying. What do you want me to do? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> hey, listen, to all of you niggas out there, I know it's a nigga out there right now ready to break up with his with his girl because he's like, yo, I've been fucking up and this bitch is on my head. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. God Another damn it. They got to stop. Women, I mean, I understand women have to settle, but... A lot of women choose a lot of shitty ass niggas. Women suck at vetting and at mate selectivity. Yeah. I agree. Oh, you know what? They let's talk pill. about that, ladies. This for you. We about to hold on. Let's get let's talk pill. about this. Get that pink pill shit. Yeah, get Look. that pink pill shit popping real listen, quick, we, baby. We, we, we in the talks with Q right now, man. Right now, we need to write that pink pill for you. you need yeah. to, hey, <laughs> we gonna get that shit out for you. Listen, I want to hear this right now because. Let's talk about mate selection for women. We talk about a lot of things that guys... And honestly, no, I don't think we talked about what guys need to be looking for. We will come back to that. Okay. Let's talk about the ladies right now. What should ladies be looking for as far as mate selection goes? They should be looking for a man who can provide for number one. They should, even if she thinks she got her own money and she, and she, she missed independent, she still should be looking for a man who knows his purpose, a man who's striving to be somebody, a man who's striving to accrue resources, create a family. She should look for a man who stands on principle, who's a man of integrity, a man who's, who's decisive in a moment of uncertainty. She should look for a man who values her input and is sexually receptive to her and openly receptive to what she says and can concede um, to a degree. I'll say to a degree because he has to be willing to understand her, and that's where the empathy part comes in. But she's also be looking for a man who's capable of violence and deadly force when necessary. These, th- this is what she should be looking for. But what they do is they go out and they find guys who simply make them feel good or that they're attracted to on, on the most surface level, and there's no depth to him. And then they get upset at the guy, and they'll overgeneralize and say, these niggas ain't shit. And it's like, no, you keep picking the niggas that aren't shit. And if you're picking the niggas that aren't shit, that means you ain't shit. That's a fact because you're going to bring that, that, that attitude into the next relationship. And, and, we like, and, and, we go, and it's a sort of mating. We go after what we are. 
So if you like a nigga who's not shit, what does that say about you? See, we literally said, it, it was one of the most controversial posts we put out that your woman is a reflection of you. It, and she is. She I want is. you to break that down, though. Why, why is that? Like, on a psychological level, because I know you, you understand the behavior science. How, how, do we, how do we tend to do that, even whether consciously or subconsciously? I, I, how does that happen? Because a woman learns from you. A woman loves a man she can learn from. And what she does is when you create a family, think about it. And I can say this with my own family as well. My aunt walks around talking like my uncle, saying stuff he says, using his terminologies, his mannerisms. They, they imitate us because... We are the leaders. The man is the leader. So when you have a woman who's fully invested in you, she's looking to learn from you. Who you are becomes part of who she is. And when you become a part of who she is, you see that exhibited in her behaviors. That's why you see certain women act like they're men. They behave like they're men. They take on his values. They take on his mentality. So what you want to do is you want a woman who can present herself in a respectable way. You want a woman who's not going to embarrass you, who's not going to be disrespectful, and essentially... You get a woman like that because you're a man like that. If you're a man of, 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 of integrity, a man of respect, a man who can walk into a room and everybody gravitates towards him, you the guy that, you know, everybody wants to know and, and, and like, yo, they go Q, you know, they go, they go uh, Tyshawn, they go Ryan. That's my guy. That's my own. And she sees that. She understands that she has a guy who's worth something. And it makes her want to look good as that guy's woman. You get what I'm saying? I get exactly what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's some of the realest shit. No, so so opposite end of the spectrum now. Opposite end of the spectrum. Ladies, I hope y'all wrote that shit down. Rewind that shit. Just go back and write all that down because that was, that was game for the ladies. And now for my fellas, for my fellas, mate selection. Mate selection. What are those exact, give me, give me the qualities we need. We need, in order to find a woman that you actually want to spend some time with and actually enjoy being around, you need a woman who, for one, is willing to be submissive. A woman who's vulnerable enough to trust your ability to lead. Because that's why many women won't submit. It ain't about the fact that they, you know, they're strong and independent. It's more so about the fact that they simply don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to believe that they are invested in a man who knows how to lead. That's a very vulnerable position wow. for a woman. And, and like you said, it's, it's, they don't trust men. They don't trust And me. a lot of times that can go back to like how they were raised with trauma. Like mm -hmm. they, they've experienced trauma from a man mm -hmm. and now they are scared to now open up and let another man in in that way. And I, I've noticed that if you dig a lot into these women that feel that way, it's something that typically caused them to want to be closed up mm -hmm. and not really let you in. And, and, and I went viral again on TikTok as well since they took it down. It was my last TikTok. But I said, I actually told men a list of women that they should avoid marrying or, um, long term. Wait, we, we, we want those, but continue to give us those, those, those top choices. The top choices? The, the, the top things that men should be looking for. And the then, then I want to get into what they should stay away from. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So they should, be, they should be looking for her maternal instincts, cues of her maternal instincts, because at the end of the day, if you're going to deal with a woman, you're going to potentially get this woman pregnant. You want a woman who you could see yourself raising your kids. You could see her raising your kids. So you want a woman who's compassionate. You want a woman who's patient. You want a woman who's understanding. You want a woman who wants who wants to be a mother, who wants to be a nurturer. You look for that nurturing nature. You look for her desire to want to please, her desire to, to, to have some class. She wants to be a woman of just femininity. She expresses her femininity. Her femininity is her identity. And that's why I say femininity is such a valuable component. And then also, of course, you want her to look good. But 
uh, agreeableness. He wanted to be fairly agreeable. You wanted to be relatively low in um, in um, what's neuroticism, which is anxiety, stress. And this typically comes from having a balanced woman. You will find that women who are raised by single parents or single mothers, they tend to be more stressed. They tend to have higher levels of anxiety. They Ooh. tend to go Yo, this motherfucker. Yo, yo, you dropping some fucking well, game. Tyshawn Ty actually got some personal experience with no, that. No, yeah, I had to. Yeah, I had to leave my. Oh shit, boy, this this about to go crazy. <laughs> but I, that was one of the main reasons I had to like because and and again. I take responsibility because I didn't identify this on the front end. Bad selection. It was like my, my selection process was off because I didn't realize until years into the game, oh, my gosh, this person is struggling with these mental issues. There's some, you know, you know, we got some anxiety here. We got some depression here. There's these things that exist here. And now the scope of work is high to go about the healing the healing process. And now it's like, do I want to manage that healing process and my ambitions? Like what? It's a you fork in the road yep, now. You can't. Do I can't. Both. I have you a limited capacity yep, as a man. I have a finite amount of energy. Yep. So I had to make the decision to choose my purpose and ambition over the healing of the woman. And unfortunately, you know that came at you know way late in the game. But now I'm wiser and I understand that. And you say that typically comes from women that were raised in single mother house, single parent households, mm -hmm. single mother households, single mother households. You know what that makes why, sense? Why is that? Why is that? I, I would imagine because it's the stress that's actually put on them. So a lot of times when the mother, I would imagine, is going through these different uh, experiencing these different things, it's very easy to over-communicate and actually have all of those, all that emotion actually transfer over to the only other person that's actually in the household. So this is, you know, th this is basically a, a, a daughter taking on all the issues of the mother. Mm. And then it presents itself. And it comes up in these new relationships. And the father is not there to balance and teach her. And teach her like calmness. Because yeah. the, yeah. the father is the rock. Yes. He's the calmness. He's the relax. He's the we got this. Yep. And, and, and women have a natural propensity to be more stressed and, and experience anxiety. And they feel, they feel negative emotions deeper than men do. They, they feel them deeper than men do. Like the, the female brain is wired that way. So they, they process emotions and, and feel emotions more extreme than men do. That's why they're more, more prone to depression, anxiety, and stress. Okay, so let's, let's, let's get into some shit because women love to throw out this red flag shit. Hold on, wait, wait. Remember this, but, but see, remember he talked about the women we should not mess with. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what we're talking about? Yeah, okay, talking, let's, let's, the, get, the let's get on that shit. shit. Let's get on that. Because women, women are quick to throw out these red flag things about men. It's all in the comments. It's, you yeah, can check I'm the gonna, comments. It's red flags it's all red through flags, this shit. All right, so, so I want you to let us know, like protect, look, protect men. <laughs> we must protect men. Let us know what are the top red flags that, that a woman exemplifies and a woman that you should stay away from. Uh, impulsivity. Impulsivity, overthinking, being insecure. These are things that are red flags because... They create an unstable environment emotionally. She's going to project these onto you, and she's going to focus more on the negative things than the positive things. And typically, now this is this is where it gets really, really surgical. There are certain women that are in certain cohorts that have a tendency to exhibit these things. Career women, career women, promiscuous women, overweight women, feminists. These are groups of women that I would advise men to stay away from in terms of long-term vetting because these women have values and they have, they have behavioral tendencies. They have thought patterns that are not conducive to a healthy relationship, hence why it's so difficult for them to find mates and why they tend to be the most stressed-out groups of women. I would agree with that because from those groups of women, just in my personal experience, I heard a lot of them make this statement, you should accept me how I am. 
Wait, wait what, what, what group are you talking about in particular? Overweight women. Mm-hmm. Career women. Mm-hmm. What was the other ones? I said promiscuous women. Mm. I, I I don't I mean shit they might be fucking but I don't know no no, no. Don't I've know. I've fucked with those women those you listen Prom- they promiscuous you, women they they think promiscuous women want you to accept the fact that they were hoes oh got you okay I've heard that before too what are the other women uh feminists and feminists and I've heard I've heard that from these groups of women not knowing that I was actually dealing with this types of groups of women of course the physical aspect yeah you know you know when you date somebody that's physically out of shape right but I've heard them literally say this all the time hey I have things like I have boundaries and you should accept me how how I am and. I didn't really understand what kind of fucked up mindset that was. Because this is literally somebody who's telling you it's not about reality. What, yeah, right, right. This is who I am, and I'm, I'm not willing to change. This is, this is what they're communicating. And you never want to be in, in any relationship, relationship with somebody who's telling you, I am not willing to look at how I can improve myself or be accepting of the fact that I'm not perfect. And it's about what I'm doing, not how well am I doing it. And now that I even consider what you're saying, I'm like, damn. Now, if I were to, if I were to hear that from a woman, that you should accept me how I am, I'm like, immediately I know I need, probably need to stay away from that type of woman. Yep. Yep. Because a woman who wants to build with you is willing to learn and improve on her flaws. It's simple. Wow. Let's let's talk about this too because I want to get more in detail about what those women look like because fellas this is probably one of the most important parts of this because our society is not really grooming women to work alongside of men it is right now a war and that's why we opened up yeah, a fucking can enemy. of worms men are the enemy we opened up a can of worms with that post that went out because we every, really every post that we fucking send out about relationships is viral it's it's because here's the thing it's a war right now and women are not necessarily taught to compa- work compatibly with us they're taught that we are the enemy and I, i'm not even going to take i'm going to take responsibility too cuz a lot of men also see women as the enemy as well so this thus why our families are fucked up our society is 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 getting fucked up as well it's just a lot of things it's a lot of consequences of this mindset so let's talk about what a career driven woman is like, what do you mean when you say, because a public school teacher, is that like a career-driven woman? What do you mean by that? Uh, a public school teacher, I wouldn't say, is it, would that classify as part-time? I mean, shit, they got two months off of the year, so shit. Yeah, I, 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 a career-driven woman is a woman who wants to spend a whole bunch of time in school trying to make it to the top of the corporate ladder or trying to get a professional career. And what she does is the time spent that she's investing in trying to do that, her biological clock is ticking. The biological clock is ticking. Her desirability, her desirability is, is, is decreasing. It's going down at a steady rate. And on top of that, the personality traits that are, asso- that are associated with trying to be successful in that profession tend to be masculine. So those women are going to be more disagreeable. That's number one. Men want agreeable women. That's so, the number one. I think that's the number one thing. Exactly. So with that being the number one thing, that is the most significant factor. So you got a woman who's did everything on her own, who answers to basically no one except her boss in her job, and she believes that the way she runs her life is the most effective way, and she doesn't know how to compromise that when it comes to managing a relationship. I'm so now let's bring the rivaling, bring the rivaling perspective. But why should I agree with all of these men? They scared to be challenged. They scared to grow. I'm supposed to bring help my man get to the next level. I shouldn't be agreeing with everything he says. Like, talk, talk to that mindset. That mindset is dangerous. That mindset is dangerous because why do you? Why is it that you have that animosity towards trying to build a healthy relationship? That's what I try to get women to understand. The goal is to build a healthy relationship. It's not about fucking you. Everything you just said, those type of women, I, 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 I. 
Mm. Where is the where is the we? Where's the where's the part where you're trying to build a relationship where you're trying to start a family? That's a good point because 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 a lot of women think because because a man makes money that, that's and they're in a relationship is not them making money, but it's we. It's we. It's we. We making money it's now. We. Not, not, I was making money. Right. Y'all about to put me on and this child support money that we about, that I'm about to be put on when we when you initiated divorce. Now there's still mm-hmm. submission involved with a lot of like a lot of those women those, those five different types of women that you that you mentioned. It still is a level of submission involved, but why are women more comfortable with submitting to an institution like a job, a corporate, a boss, over submission to a man in a relationship? Because it's their livelihood. They understand they have to work for something. And they understand that in order for them to continue being a strong, independent woman, they're going to have to concede. Otherwise, they're going to be a strong-ass, broke, independent woman. That's why. They understand that there are rules and regulations. See, relationships are a lot more abstract when it comes to women because they believe that their feeling, their feelings should be valued. So when their feelings, jobs don't tell you, hey, we value your input. Job tell you, do this fucking work. Get this shit done or you fired. You don't make no money. When you're dealing with a man, you can have an input. You have a say-so. You have a, I don't like what you did. I don't like that. She can't say that on the job. She can say that to a man, though. So it's almost an over response from being uh, overly tamed in a job, pretty yeah. much. It's yeah. Over, it's, yeah, yeah, they're, they're tamed, and 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 that's why I say you can listen to your boss because he pays you, but you're not willing to listen to your man. But he pays you in affection, he pays you in attention, he pays you in love. So if you want those things and you want to continue to get those things, then why wouldn't you see it as absolutely valuable and necessary to be willing to submit? Mm. Shit. It's hard. Let me tell you, it's hard to interview this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still processing the shit we talked about an hour ago. Man. No, 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 no. This, I mean, Q, this is this is phenomenal, bro. This is phenomenal. I, I mean, I learned so fucking much. I will, we know, we're not done, though. We're not done because we the, the most important thing we wanted you to get, well, not the most important, one of the important things we actually wanted to get you on the show for is because you put out a response one of the very few responses defending our viral post out last week. So I want to talk about your response. My response, it was, it was simply true. I, I said what you said was true, and I said why they aren't desirable is because, as we talked about earlier, hypergamy. Women want men who are more competent than they are. That's number one. Any factor involving why humans behave the way that they do, you always have to look at the internal factor first. So the internal factor is what women are attracted to. Women are not attracted to men who make less than they do or who are sub them in some form, shape, or fashion. So a woman saying, I could date a man who's making more money than me, I mean, or who's making, who making less money than me, is that you're saying that that's not true? Most women don't. Mm. Most, most women don't. They say that, and that's another politically correct thing that they say but when you look at the research and you actually look at who women are married to you find that they marry across and up dominance hierarchies right you find this that. is data driven data driven evidence it's evidence the empiricism doesn't support the idea that they're willing to and they'll date they can date a, a guy who makes less than them but marry is a different thing you know what i'm saying there are women mm. who will date niggas who and they know that they can't marry this nigga they know because he's not in a stable situation. They're attracted to him physically. They may be attracted to his ambition, but this nigga ain't making nothing happen. And I've he heard women. I've heard women have openly candid conversations amongst each other. You know, we had a barbecue or something. You kind of over here, and I, I've heard women, you know, state that they was currently dating somebody that they couldn't be with. Like, yeah, yeah he's cool, he's nice, but I, I can't really be with him. Mm-hmm. But I'm still finna go out with him tonight mm-hmm. after I leave here. Yep. And you mentioned something else in that in that uh, response post, which I thought was interesting. You said that women typically have one of two choices, and I want to talk about. The those two choices 
what did I say? The two choices. I believe it was either date, d- date, pursue, pursue a career, or pursue a family. Yes. So let's let, let me get some more detail on that. Okay. So the reason I said they have one or two choices: pursue a career or pursue a family. Is and I and I love this clip. I love this clip. So there's a movie that I watched on Sci-Fi, and it had two professors. It was it was a it was an animal movie. It was like Bo or something. It was an old monster movie. It had two professors. They were uh, the guy was constantly talking about he was ready to settle down, and she was constantly talking about how she would like to, but just not right now. She wanted she want her career. She want to finish her career. She's not ready to have a family, and she went as so far to say as you're going to be out here working while I'm going to be home cleaning up shit. And that moment, that was a perfect example because that exemplified exactly why it's difficult to date those women. Those women are so focused on trying to attain male status and compete with males because that's essentially what they're doing. They're still competing with men. It does, I don't even understand the high that a woman would get out of that. But what you do is the years that you invest into trying to become that career woman, you take away from the, the youthfulness and the desirability that you had as a long woman, that a, as a young woman, that a man would desire. So you now have, you now have um, decreased your chances of having children. You've decreased his attraction to you. You've decreased his desire to want to commit to you. Because there's not much you can offer him that he desires now. The things here he's attracted to, you spent your career decreasing because you spent it on your career. So you have to prioritize one or the other. You either you either take advantage in your youthful stages and you become a wife, or you chase your career and risk never becoming that. That's why the unhappiest group of women are 42 years old. This is the unhappiest demographic, period. 42 years old. Professional career, no kids, making under a hundred k. I can totally see that mm. because you. I mean, <laughs> it's not even a fucking response. Even no, that. even like, it's just a real when, when you talk thing. to women, yeah, I don't care how much money a woman is making. When you typically talk to them and ask them what's most important to them, and this is women with families and, and children, they typically w- would equate the greatest moments in their life to that child. It'll be the greatest moment. I don't care how much money she's made, the accolades she's, the milestones in her career. It would be the most simplest things related to the child, whether it was seeing him walk for the first time, seeing him come out and holding that child for the first time, seeing the child hit this kind of milestone or them nursing the child up until this certain point. It always goes back to the child. And I think that goes back to women we they have you you can in life all of us you can have pursue a masculine purpose but there's also a feminine purpose mm-hmm. and well, the, so how, so how does a woman how does a woman put herself in a position to where she can still be prospecting for that you know that perfect mate but also still be in a position where she can take care of herself she would have to she would have to settle for a guy who's less she would have to she would have to be willing to be with a guy who's less so she would essentially have to be willing to be with the beta. Because what it is, when we talk about what women like, typically I said they want the best mate for them. That doesn't change through a woman's life as she ages. She still believes that she can attract this type of guy, the guy. But if a woman is willing, if she's going to do that, if she's going to have a career, and if she's going to put be, having a family on the back burner, then once she's ready to settle down, then it's going to have to be with a guy who's just simply not a top 20 percenter. Or a guy who understand, or maybe he doesn't want kids. Maybe he just wants a woman to grow old with. But women want their cake. <laughs> they can't have their cake and eat it too. They want that excitement and fulfillment of being young. 
how they were when they were young. They want those emotions still. They want to experience all the, the fantasy shit when they're still career women. You'll hear career women say, I still want a man who loves me and holds me and, 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 and who can treat me like this and do this. Bitch, you passed that time. Mm. You work now. So the guy you want, this going to be a guy who, yeah, he maybe he going to come home. Hi, honey, I'm home. And the thing is, the guy that well, listen, 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 and that but he the, ain't gonna but, be the guy you find most desirable. But and that and that guy that they found most desirable ends up being the exact same age as them, with more resources now. So he actually became more desirable. Yeah, he becomes and, more. Desirable. And he has more options. Women hit their sexual. Women hit their sexual peak at about twenty three, twenty four. A man hits his at about thirty five. And and this is why this is why you know a lot of men date younger women. Yes. And the crazy thing is those women who know that, that, you know, at some point in their life, older men were more attractive. They will shame, often shame these these men for dating these younger That's women. That's intersexual competition. That's how women compete. Women compete through a form of manipulation. That's why women are the biggest slut shamers of women. They the, the way they eliminate or try to eliminate competition, they either shame other women for liking what they like, thinking that they can deter women from liking those men, or they, they try to shame men for liking the men that they, I mean, liking the women that they aren't. That's the best way women compete, through manipulation, psychologically. They want you to feel bad about the fact that you're intrinsically attracted to a certain type of woman, and they're no longer that woman. Psychological <laughs> warfare. It yep. is, it is. That's what it is. And that shit, the thing is, it works. It does. Like it, it works. and a, a, That's a why lot. I say as a man, you can't give a fuck. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's crazy because when you consider that, too, that's how women, I mean, women, that's how women have to compete against men. I mean, we're physically stronger, but they are psychologically, that's why you said women are typically smarter than guys. They, they can when, seduce. When they you think manipulate. of the artist seduction, right? Yeah. The artist, first of all, that's why They're shout out. They're smarter than the guys that they date. A lot of them are smarter than the guys that they date. They're not, they're not, women and men are about equal in intelligence, but they are better at expressing themselves verbally than men are. And that's why they can get a little over on a lot of guys. That's why a lot of guys would rather not talk. The woman can, a woman will run circles around a man in a conversation if that man is not logically uh, adept. And this is why some of the most powerful men in the, uh, this is why some of the most powerful men in the world are actually powerful because of their ability to communicate and to speak. To yes. yes, that's what makes men super powerful. When they, when a man can communicate. And he has the vocabulary of a woman. And he's eloquent. And, and he's eloquent. He's articulate. Yes. Ooh, that, he's that, a force. That yes. nigga becomes Barack Obama. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> that's Fe- what happens. Hey, fellas, listen. I'm going to be honest. That's some real shit right there. I don't know if you you got to take your ass to Toastmasters or you got to goddamn watch some YouTube videos. Yep. But listen, every fella needs to get in the gym and learn how to speak, learn how to communicate. Because it's just powerful, man. It's to, it's, it really is powerful when you consider what that is, to take these ideas and concepts from your mind and be able, to be able to transfer them. And that's why even this platform is huge. Yeah. And Q, you, man, Q Pill, you've been brutally honest. I mean, brutally fucking honest. I think just by association with you, we're going to have some fucking problems <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. CNN, here we come. But, but, I, but I will say, man, you, you are very objective in the way you speak. And to be honest, I'm very surprised by some of your, your, your answers to these questions because I was under the impression that you probably had this very single side that I can't be, have a healthy relationship with a woman. Oh, no, I, I would say that too. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. so just so for the people to know, because do you see yourself even being able to have marriage and a family with a woman? Ultimately, yes. Ultimately, In yes. a monogamous relationship? Yes, absolutely. Ultimately. I'm shocked at that yeah. shit. Thoughts, wow. thoughts on polygamy? Um. I'm not really I'm not really a, a, a advocate of polygamy. Honestly, I say, man, the guys who out there who deal with women more than one woman, 
Man, hats off to y'all, man, because women women are fucking tsunamis. They're complex. Yeah, they are. And complex. they're very challenging. They're, they're complex and they're and they're very challenging. And I don't have the mental fortitude to deal with that level of stress over and over and over and over. Even in the Quran, even in the Quran, it actually says that hey, you can have up to four wives, mm-hmm. but you know, we advise just we one. recommend you keep one, my <laughs> dog. Was, we recommend one. I was raised on value and monogamy. My grandparents have been together for fifty three years. My mom is married. Both of my uncles are married. So my family, the institution of marriage has been valued and instilled in me. And all I did was adapt it to the current dating market that I'm, I'm dealing with. They didn't have to deal with that. I have to deal with it. So I needed to adapt and evolve. So if I come across a, a conventional, traditional woman who does that, and I have a few, I have options. I can get married tomorrow if I want to, honestly. But... I understand with me, and this is part of being objective. The thing about me is I understand right now compared to who I want to be, I'm not shit. I'm nobody. So I would not burden a woman with my trials and tribulations of, on my journey of trying to become a man that I feel that she would be proud of and, and respect and willing to submit to. So I have no problem with, with women telling me that they don't feel that I'm ready. I'm not ready for myself. When so that, when, that, women typically don't trust that though, because because you know you know when when a man steps back and says, "Hey, you know what? I'm not ready, and I want to go work on myself." A lot of times, women don't even believe that shit. No, they don't. They 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 don't. They think it's an excuse. They think it's an excuse to continue, you know, going out there and just being a hoe and whatever the case may be. And that may very well be the case for a lot of men. But a guy like me who has a vision and who's chasing something and put plans in motion to acquire certain things and become a somebody. I can honestly say that that's my primary focus. So even if they didn't believe it, I wouldn't give a shit. But what I found out <laughs> is that they often want to stick beside me on my journey anyway. I so think that's the, their yeah, I think yeah. that's their natural role. Right. Like that, that's what that they is. would. That's a part it, of their design. It is, it which is. is beautiful about women, and and that's why the red pill rage is dangerous because you neglect that side of a woman and her capabilities to actually be able to benefit your campaign in life. Mm-hmm. But I will say also it gets hazy with them doing that because what happens if you don't fulfill your potential or her idea of what your greatness looks like? Will she still be there? Will she still be willing to accept where you stopped? And that's the risk of a woman. That's that's the risk risk that a woman typically has to face. It's betting on this horse. Mm -hmm. How likely... Is it that this man is going to go where he say he's going to go or where I think and, and that he's going to go? You know, the crazy shit is I, I don't even think men know, a lot of men know that they're still in the race. Yes. Like, yo. After what, marriage. Yeah, listen, not, not not just after marriage, but I mean in just prospecting in general. Like and that, and the, women, brings, the women that I dated, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, mm-hmm. they still consider me mm-hmm. because and they watch you. They see how you improve, how you develop. Mm-hmm. The, you know, ha, are you are you different? And better from the, you know, the Ryan, the Ty, the Q that I know from 10 years ago. And, you know, all of these women, they evaluate, let's say, a group of, you know, 20, 30 other niggas at the same time. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's always good to remember that. So even if you do end a relationship, you know, with a woman, it doesn't mean that you no longer, you know, it's no longer may come back. Exactly. And I try to explain that to the women that I deal with. But also that's why they like a finished product. And I have no issue with that. You want a finished product, you want a guy who's already established, who's already making money, who's already uh, uh, got the status, the power, the resources, I'm perfectly fine with that. I accept that. I'm not going to go cry in the car. One day, hopefully, maybe I'll get to that point. If I don't, 
I it's, it falls on my head. I have no one to blame but myself because every every day that I w- wake up and choose to lay in the bed for four hours rather than get out and do something and find a way to become better, that's that's the I won't say the fruits because it's not fruits, but that's the consequences of the lack of labor that I put in. You know what I'm saying? And that goes back to men. You said most men are still in the race. I remember the other two now. The five P's are let's find, get them. <laughs> the five P's are find a purpose that you're passionate about. Be able to have patience. Prepare. You ready for the final one? What's, What's the final? That results in productivity. Be able to persevere. Wow. Wow. We can, Hold on, wait. The, his, and here's my last question, because God damn it, it's like the, I, 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 wanna, I keep wanting to stop this motherfucker and it come back. <laughs> so when should a man, to my men who are considering to settle down and go about tying a knot with this woman, getting out the game, when is the threshold at which he should say, I, I'm ready for this? I would say the threshold that a man should say he's ready for it is about 35, 36, somewhere between 35 and 40. Because that's when, you're, that's when you'll be feeling the best, statistically speaking. That's when you'll be feeling the best. That's when you'll be uh, who you want to be, essentially. And you still have time to go ahead and live your life, have fun. You enjoy your kids grow up. Enjoy the sex still with your wife. That's about that ripe age that I would say a man truly becomes a man. That I tell people that shit. 40-year-old 40, 40 range is when you should look to start trying to settle down. I tell people that shit all the time. I'm 33 now. And okay. when people ask me, oh, like, you kind of behind. I'm like, no, no, no. A few right more years, you know, right, right before I hit 40, that's kind of where I want to be mm-hmm. at. Because I'm not in no desire to be, you know, 20 years old throwing a football with my kid. Like, right. like you know, like, I, I know the place I want to be at, I really want to be able to provide for my family and spend time with mm-hmm. my family. Exactly. And it doesn't look like that now. I'm like, I, I barely have time to spend for myself. Exactly. So when, you, when you're established and you're making that money and you're doing things, you're also in a position to be able to take time off. you the boss. You know, you might be the boss. You can say, look, man, I'm going home and spend time with my kid. My son got a basketball game today. My daughter got a cheerleading competition tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So you, you, you basically give yourself what you work, you you enjoy what you've worked for all those years that you showed the discipline and 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 be able to step back and actually say, you know what, I'm 36, I'm 37, I've created this for myself the past two three years. It's looking good. I'm established. I got um, um, resources. I got good credit. You know what I'm saying. I got all these things. I can finally give this woman what she wants and be happy about it. And I'm content where I'm at in life as well. I love that shit. Round man. of a motherfucking applause for my man Q Peel. We need a round of applause and a motherfucking slayer because this dude is a legend, man. This man here came yeah. and probably, I mean, just prolific game today, guys. Prolific game. And we 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 knew we was gonna be able to do some good business with you as soon as we seen, you know, because we 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 identified you about three months ago. Mm-hmm. And Tyshawn, this is before we even had, you know, a hundred subscribers online and we on YouTube. And we like, yo, we gotta get this dude on the show. This, this, I this cat. Y'all yeah, me, man. I know we had an. Uh, I mean, I know we had a dinner last, uh, you know, yesterday or lunch yesterday, and I know we had this this interview now. So it's official, man. Like we want you to be a recurring recurring guest on the oh, show, man, because you, you you lit, bro. Absolutely. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I know the people. I mean, after seeing this, they're gonna want to know how to how in the hell do I get in contact with QPL? Tell the people how they can get in contact with you and a few things that you offer. Um, first and foremost, I mean. Y'all can get in contact with me by my social media. So y'all can go subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's called The Q Pill. That's my YouTube channel. You can also follow me on Instagram, The Q Pill. 
And you can follow me on Twitter at Q underscore Peel. Those are my top three social media platforms that I'm consistently on, constantly on. And then I also have a book. You guys can go to Amazon, purchase the book. There are troll reviews on there as people tried to throw dirt on my name and shit like that. I promise you, read the book on your own. You will see exactly what everybody is talking about and why it was the best new seller on Amazon. So make sure you guys go purchase my book on um, Amazon, The Q-Pill, An Overdose of Reality, The Remedy for a Cold World. I also offer coaching sessions. You guys go to my social media. You will find my email. If you need a coaching session, you need to talk, whatever you need advice, you can consult with me. I'm a certified relationship coach, independent behavioral scientist. I do consultations, mental health coaching, behavioral coaching, all of the above. Just out here trying to help people be better, man. I love that shit. And listen, when y'all hit up QPL, let him know how you found him. Absolutely. God damn it, y'all. Man, listen, I'm going to watch this shit over myself. So I know y'all need to watch it over, watch it twice. But do me a favor, guys, because there's no way y'all don't need to be supporting this channel with the amount of game y'all just got. Go ahead, subscribe to the goddamn channel. This will be a multi million subscriber channel i want you to be a part of it so you can keep getting this game and comment below let me know what you thought about this episode because i know this episode was fire but give me your perspective and how you see you can apply some of this game but other than that man thank you for tuning in to another episode of hardly initiated appreciate y'all we are out hey bro powerful episode man Man, that was the longest episode